When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Well, welcome guys, and thank you for having us and joining us this afternoon or this evening, I should say. I'll join by my host, Dan Mader and Adam LaRue. Adam, how are we doing this week? How was fantasy this past weekend? Um, so you got the Colts jersey rocking on. So almost had a nice comeback. This is actually uh, when I was there uh, last week. I got a, a Jamar Chase. This is the newest addition to the collection. Oh, yeah. Bengals jersey. It's a yeah, white one. Bengals. Okay. Yeah. I like it. it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Colts comeback. Uh, definitely a resilient team. Uh, there's definitely a lot to be improved on. Uh, but, uh, you know. Likes the likes some things. You like some things. They're more competitive than I think a lot of people would have given them credit early. Um, yeah. But yeah, fantasy's been going pretty well as well. Uh, I think we're at three total losses out of four redraft leagues, so not too bad. Um, nice. How, how about yourself? I finally got in the winning column for my fantasy season. Well, I shouldn't say for the first time, but for the two standard redraft leagues that I do, um, I actually finally got you know, some points for a change. That was actually nice. Um, so th- going into this week, talking about some points, we're going to kick off our Thursday game that we have coming up this week, uh, Washington and Chicago. Uh, Chicago, you know, resembled like they had an offense last week. It was kind of surprising. We actually, the red, you know, the, the commanders played well versus the Eagles last week as well. Uh, the offense played well. So Adam, what are you kind of looking at in this game? Well, first of all, I think after this past weekend, I'm much more confident that this is going to be like an acceptable to watch game, right? Because we've we've definitely historically seen a lot of bad football on Thursday nights. Uh, and even primetime games this year have been really hit or miss. So this is a game that I do think uh, is going to be fun, going to be entertaining. Uh, and I, I think we could see some points here. Uh, the Washington defense certainly talented, um, but I, I don't think has performed super, super well, especially against fantasy players. Um, and Chicago's barely t- warrants much of a consideration. Um, well, let's talk about some of those players, Adam. Um, so you know, I know, for example, running back position has been kind of a key position this entire season. And one of the surprises so far has been Brian Robinson in his play. Uh, Dan has Brian Robinson, I think, I believe 14 on his board this week. Uh, ECR has 16. Uh, Dan had to jump off for a second, but I know that for myself, this is one of the things I was going to challenge him on because you know Brian Robinson's a number six running back right now in half point PPR. I think this is a smash uh, opportunity playing this Bears defense. Looks like Swiss cheese out there. So, what's your take on that, Adam? Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you. Uh, I think it's weird. I don't think he's that great of a back. Uh, to be perfectly transparent, I did like him coming out. I think he's a, a solid, uh, can do a little bit of everything type of back, but he's not particularly great. Uh, at anything and I didn't think this offense would be 
uh, you know, able to support that. That being said, I think this is a really good matchup for him. Uh, and look, uh, there, there's something to be said that he's just getting the right type of volume. Uh, these games where he's not performing super well, he's getting fed. And, you know, the only games where he, he's been, you know, sub 15 carries, the games he's performing well in. Uh, you know, that that's why he's not getting the carries, right? Because they're, they're up and they're moving on to getting the ball to other players. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think he's a big part of the offense trying to keep things simple for Sam Howell. And as a result, uh, kind of any game script, I feel like, like you're kind of comfortable with him right now. Yeah, he's being involved in the passing attack. You see him kind of also, yeah, touchdown this past week, scoring touchdowns. Almost had two. Uh, Terry McGlorn, while I'm getting that one, and then he fumbled in the end zone. I will say I wasn't a big Ryan Armstrong fan that you said you were. I was not coming out. But I will say he looks more slim and more quicker than uh, this year than he did in the past years, and including college. So I'm kind of impressed with his body skill set. I'm impressed with his usage. So I do think Ryan Robinson is the guy to have in a lot this week. How about the receiver position for this Washington team? Another, like I said, smash match for Chicago. Terry McLaurin got back on track, it looks like, last week. Scored a touchdown kind of by fluky, but did get in touchdown, had eight catches. Um, so where do you have Terry McLaurin on your board this week? Oof, uh, I think a specific spot on the board uh, is kind of tough. Uh, but I, what I will say is I think he's always someone that was going to be a little bit of a slow start. Did have that injury in training camp. Some people were kind of questionable, or at least when he first uh, had it, uh, whether he'd be suiting up for week one or not. Of course, he ended up going. Uh, but I definitely think he was still kind of feeling it a little bit kind of early on in the season. Uh, and then, of course, Howell is just a, a guy who hasn't gotten a ton of reps at the pro level yet. So I, I think... You know, as those reps get up, as uh, McLaurin gets a little further removed from his injury, uh, I, I definitely think he's going to become more and more playable. Uh, the one concern, I guess, is that um, Howell has spread the ball out uh, quite a bit so far. Um, but I, I really wouldn't be shocked if he starts locking in on McLaurin a little bit more moving forward. So let's look at some of the other receivers. Do you have anybody else that you're willing to play this week? Um, have the tight end position? Are you looking at Logan Thomas? Is there any other guy that's passing attack about spreading the ball around? Is there any other guy in the passing attack you're willing to play this week? Uh, no, I do. I just want to – we talked about it early before he got hurt uh, in the season, rather, um, that Logan Thomas definitely looks like they want to get him involved. He's been dealing with injuries he had last year. Uh, I don't – you know, I, he's certainly not playable. Um, but what I will say is I think he's someone that should be on your radars, especially if you're in – uh, say a redraft league and you're in a situation uh, where you don't have one of these top tight ends and you are kind of trying to find a streamer guy. Uh, he's someone that you should definitely be thinking about, um, you know, that could be uh, worthwhile here coming up. Yeah, I like Logan Thomas is a guy that probably could talk about a streamer top tight end option this week for Chicago. Not a bad uh, guy to play maybe in some dynasty, not dynasty, I'm sorry, and some um, – FanDuel or something along those lines as well to try to get your guy at a nice cheap price. The guy that has been involved in a lot in this offense when he's been healthy, he talked about. So finally, talk about Sam Howell. We really play Sam Howell versus Chicago team. I mean, makes this, this defense makes every quarterback look awesome. Sam Howell has some good moments. Uh, nice week last week. He gets you some rushing yards. Um, hasn't spread the ball you're already talked about. When he doesn't see pressures, Clayton completing over 75% of his passes. So it's a Chicago team that gets little to no pressure. So that looks pretty good. So Sam Howell, somebody with all these buys that you're talking about, will be playing this week. I think for me, he's probably, uh, I see uh, Dan has him ranked right at, uh, what is it, 17 ECR, 16. 
I, I think I'd be right around those numbers, probably closer to or probably at the 16 spot. I do feel like he's a you know in a in a two QB league. I feel like he's about middle of the pack for that second quarterback spot. Uh, there's definitely potential uh, for some really big things against this Chicago defense. Um, but I mean, we've we've seen what three and a half really good quarters of Chicago Bears football this season, and otherwise, I'm not super impressed. Uh, so one of my I guess my biggest concern here um, is that, you know, last weekend was wacko, right? I'm sure we'll get to it later, but Zach Wilson played well. Justin Fields played well. Could that weekend have just been really wacky and a mirage, and we're going to revert to the norm for both those guys later? I I certainly hope not uh, as a fan of the league and as, you know, as a fan of those guys, but um, there could be some concerns that, Chicago falls out of this pretty quickly and, you know, returns to being what they had been the rest of the season uh, going back to last year, really. Well, let's look at that Chicago team and folks, some of these guys that were playing versus Washington, like he alluded to definitely different matchup than we've seen versus Denver, who's been giving, you know, up 70 points in Miami last or two weeks ago. So it's definitely a different matchup in that sense, but Washington's defense hasn't been lights out. They go up some points to, and some big plays to the Eagles this past week. Are you looking at the receiver core of DJ Moore? Is he back? Is you know what we saw last week? Is it sustainable? Is DJ Moore a receiver one, possibly receiver two in your lineup this week? I, I think he's more on the low end receiver two for me still. Uh, I, I need to see it sustained. Uh, I definitely like DJ Moore. I, it, again, it, it's my concerns are primarily uh, with with Gessie here. Um, you know, we haven't seen a bunch great out of him so far. Again. Last season, you saw a lot of uh, potential with this offense. You saw a lot of, you know, possibilities that this isn't too far gone. This isn't hopeless that, um, you know, these guys can still be successful together. Um, but I, I need to see it for, again, more than three quarters. I, I, I'm not going to make any – I'm not going to throw out my two, three-game sample for three quarters this past weekend. Yeah, for Dan, he has him as receiver 16, so he does have him as a high-end receiver too, a little higher, I guess, than you're looking at him. I do think this is a good matchup for him for Chicago. I think the secondary continues to be beat up. They had new Jalen Johnson as well this week. I'm sorry, not Jalen Johnson. Uh, Washington um, has given up big plays, I'm sorry, versus uh, this whole season. Um, you saw Denver be able to score points versus the Washington team. You saw Forbes, who I like a lot, is a, kind of susceptible to the double move. So I do think DJ Moore is a guy that you see Chicago making a conscious effort to get involved. So Dan had him a high-end normal receiver too. I tend to think that's what he can do as well. Um, so let's move on to the tight end position. We saw Cole Clement, Adam. Cole Clement actually was was visible and involved and, and quite often. Are we going to believe that again this week going into playing Washington? Look, I, I think he's at least a high-end streamer, uh, to be honest with you. They've been trying to get him involved. It's just been a problem as – if they can, uh, right, consistently get targets the ball. Uh, but he's definitely someone that they want to be involved. Is someone that Justin Fields, going back to last season, feels very comfortable throwing to in the red zone. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's definitely someone who, you know, if you're looking for a low-end startable tight end, uh, you know, he's someone who absolutely can find his way to the end zone, get like five, six targets, uh, maybe even more in some cases. Dan has number 14 this week. ECR has him 12. So, like you're talking about a guy that's borderline tight end one, guy that we talk about a lot in tight end position. Once you get past eight, it's like a flip a coin for an eight to 16 kind of deal. So, I do think this could be a matchup that you can maybe exploit. And we do see Cole Clement with, you know, low Chase Claypool being kind of that second mouth being fed in the passing attack. Let's move to that backfield, Adam. <clears throat> we saw Khalil Herbert get a lot of carries. 
Uh, Rashad Johnson was kind of sporadically involved, but Khalil Herbert now going to be the guy. Is he someone we can start first Washington? I, I think this is a matchup you could definitely consider flexing him, uh, depending on your your particular roster setup. Uh, look, I, I think he's someone that uh, even most of the season his per touch uh, you know efficiency hasn't been too bad. Uh, and, and you know historically he's actually been very very good per touch and just hasn't quite gotten the volume. Uh, this week they committed to getting in the volume. I don't know if that was game script. I don't know if, you know, they just it's felt called like the Denver Broncos. Well, right. <laughs> but you have other backs you could have fed to. Any back was going to be good, but that they chose to go get the volume to him specifically. Uh, I, I think it means more uh, relative to Roshan Johnson. Definitely uh, any back that gets 15 plus carries against Denver this season is going to get points. Um, but if they're going to get volume that direction, he he's a decent back. And, Dan, you have him at 27, ECRs with 21. Is, are you looking at him as a flex option as well? Yeah, look, uh, ECR right now has him locked in inside of a top 24 position. I don't think you can say Cleo Herbert has to be in your starting lineup because that's what that would indicate. I know it's a bye week and everything like that, but Roshan Johnson's not going to just go away. I do think it became a little bit of a hot hand approach. Herbert got hot. They decided to roll with him. Uh, commanders have given up the 11th fewest rushing yards to the running backs so far this season. And all, also, the, one of the things I want to cash here is that his prop of 44 and a half rushing yards, I want to hit the under on that. He's been under that three of the last four games. I'm not suddenly going to say Herbert runs away with this thing. So I'm just tempering expectations. Can Herbert be in your lineup this week in the flex? Sure, he could. Uh, but I'm not going to say he has to bona fide being your starter. We still have to wait how to see how this thing plays out. Remember, before this, everybody was talking about how Roshan was inching his way into becoming that guy in Chicago. But, uh, yes, I'm back now. Thank you guys for ho- holding down the fort while I try to figure out what's going on. The hotel here that I'm at, and I usually come to the hotel guys every week, but the, the one in particular, I'll be crossing this off the list for future shows that's for sure uh so what do you guys cover all the bears so far or what, we're, we're, we're left with last one we're at the quarterback position in justin fields we covered all washington we're just at justin fields in chicago last all right well here, here's what i got for you on justin fields first of all i am gonna cash the over on the 200 and a half passing yards he's hit three of the last four over that mark uh washington is allowing the 10th most fantasy points to the quarterback position so this is not a terrible matchup here for justin fields actually believe it or not uh I do have him eight. ECR has him at nine. Do we have to see it one more game before we can buy into suddenly Fields' Ray to make his fantasy push? Because, again, it was Denver. We can't take anything out of Denver right now. So I, that's kind of where I'm at on this one. So what, what do you guys think? Is there a pathway for Fields to get back on track, or was it just a Denver matchup in your mind, Adam? Uh, I, I'm going back and forth. What I think is really promising is he did look confident throwing the ball. And I think confidence for him is a, a really big thing. Uh, it definitely to me, a lot of it has been, he doesn't feel super confident in the pocket uh, so far this season. Uh, you know, even going back to, uh, you know, the previous regime when he was here as a rookie, uh, there was a lot of not good in the passing game to say the least but he looked confident in what he was doing and he hadn't looked like that until this game. Um, so I, I think he does have that going for him. That being said, his OC is still getsy. He, he's still throwing to the same guys. Maybe, you know, everyone was just pissed off at Chase Claypool and getting him out of the locker room solved things, but I, I find that unlikely. Um, so yeah, I, I still need to see it from him a little bit more. And 
My, my other thing is he had a good output because of his passing game. And while, yes, that is really positive for his outlook moving forward, I still need to see a concerted effort in getting him rushes early in the game. They, they came in as the game went on, but early on it definitely seemed like they were high on the passing game, which against Denver I get, um, but I really need to see a concerted effort moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with that. We need to see at least one more time. I'm, I'm with you on that. Did we talk about DJ Moore already? Yes. Okay. All right. The, what about the commander players? Sorry, I'm sorry. Well, all commander it. players, too. All commander players. You, we haven't talked about any your, your props, though, for those guys. Uh, well, okay. So I got uh, Terry McLaurin. He's gone under three of the last four on a 60 and a half yards mark. Chicago has allowed the 11th most fantasy points to the wide receivers, though. So we're actually going to stay away from that 60 and a half receiving yard mark here going into this one. And I'm also staying away from Dotson. We have to kind of see what kind of plan of attack here. I heard you guys talk about Brian Robinson. This sets up very much to be a Brian Robinson like game who I, by the way, 63 and a half rushing yards that I feel very good about cashing on the over Chicago's allowed the 11th most rushing yards to the running back position so far. And he's been the guy when, if it's a, if it's a neutral to positive game script, it's been all Brian Robinson. He's just, he's taking it to him. So he's going to get the ball in this one. I think he goes over that. All he needs to get in this game is 15 carries and he will hit that mark i am betting on the fact that he's going to get 15 carries in this game so it's kind of what i roll out for that one um i think that's all the props i have for this one Uh, the game line going into this one is washington minus six washington is two and two but the bears are zero and four against the spread so far this season so i'm going to bet on the bears continuing to find ways to be terrible and i'm going to take washington to cover minus six in this game as well and uh chris uh, do you want me to hit that domination defense or you want me to wait no you can wait it's not, okay. that's not my defense all right well it's one of mine so guys stream commander's defense tomorrow if available all right so I, i'm gathering i think we're ready for the next matchup <laughs> We go to London, baby. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills. The Jaguars got to stay out there for an extra week. I do kind of wonder if that's going to wind up playing to their advantage or not. We'll have to find out. Uh, Right now, that line is sitting at Buffalo Bills minus five and a half with an over under of 48 and a half in this one. The Bills have looked like the superior team. They've gotten off to a great start after the week one debacle. They have moved on. They've been great the last three games. I am going to take the Buffalo Bills to go ahead and cover against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who look like they just have not quite been able to find their fitting on the offensive side of the ball to this point. I know the Buffalo Bills lost to Davis White. We'll talk about that in some of our fantasy football matchups. I'm going to take the Bills to cover in this one. Uh, Josh Allen, the only thing I want to talk about with him is just his rushing yards, Mark. 33 and a half rushing yards for Josh Allen. That's all it is. Yeah, I'm taking no you over on that. Over two of the last four, but more importantly, the Jacksonville Jaguars get up the 10th most rushing yards to the quarterback so far this year. And Trevor Lawrence, unfortunately, this goes part of why I have the Bills covering this game. I do still have my top 10 quarterbacks, but 249 passing yards, I think he's going to have to get it done with touchdowns. He's been under three of those last four, and the Bills have allowed the fourth fewest passing yards so far this season. So I'm actually on the under on Trevor Lawrence. All right, I guess some of the bets out of the way are no, well, well, we'll talk about, let's talk about James Cook and then I'll, I'll circle back to uh, Travis Etienne. 
I, I'm kind of tired of having to harp on the fact that I'm always lower than the ECR on James Cook. And you know what? Three of the last four weeks, I've actually been pretty right about that. I have him at RB16, still have him at RB2, but I'm not ranking him inside the top 12 the way the ECR is. They got him at number 10. Jacksonville has actually not been all that giving to the running backs so far. Ninth fewest rushing yards, in fact, to the running back. It's actually kind of why I have the while I'm talking about the under on the 52 and a half rushing yard mark when it comes to James Cook this week. Yes, he got a goal line carry, but he still lost all the work that he was putting in on third down and long heading into this matchup. That was all Latavius Murray didn't have any snaps during a two minute drill. So when I'm looking at James Cook, I'm still looking at a guy who's operating between the 20s. Maybe that goal line thing starts to shift, but Harris, Murray, and James Cook also had goal line touches, so it wasn't like he got his opportunity over the other guys. It could have just been circumstance as far as that goes. I don't know, Chris, do you see this differently than I do? Am I still too sour on James Cook? I mean, I think that you're kind of splitting hairs. I think that whether he's 16 or 12, I think you know, you're going to have James Cook in your lineup this week. Um, he's a guy that you know limited upside without not getting the red zone touchdowns consistently or but I also think you did see him getting a lot of touches despite this kind of score being out of control last week. They beat Miami by 28, and he still got the majority of the bell, you know, bell cow carries and touches. So I think James Cook is one of the safer guys to have in your lineup. Maybe not the upside that you love, but the guy that's you know, a consistent guy who's been doing week out, week out, get your points at the running back position. Yeah, I just, I'm still in the sell high. People love James Cook. I still think you can get him for something better. Uh, but that, that's just where I'm at. Uh, Travis Etienne, by the way, 62 and a half rushing yards. The Bills have allowed the 12th most rushing yards and a five, most importantly, a 5.9 yards per carry, two running backs. Travis Etienne, all he needs is 12 carries, and he's going to go ahead and cash the over on 62 and a half rushing yards this week. And he is an RB1, just to throw that in there. Uh, just keep it going here. Stephon Diggs, he, receiving yard prop, 84 and a half receiving yards. He's hit the over on that three of the last four games. I don't see this being any different. And Calvin Ridley, 63 and a half receiving yards. He's been under that three of the last four games, and the Bills are allowing the fifth fewest receiving yards to the wide receivers. I'm cashing on the under on Calvin Ridley. It's been kind of the Christian Kirk show over the past couple of weeks, and his prop is actually less than Calvin Ridley's 54 and a half receiving yards hitting the over on that one. He's been over that two of the last three. And finally, last but certainly not least, Gabe Davis, when it comes to receiving yard prop, 39 and a half yards. He's not getting the volume I want to see. And Adam, I'm going to ask you a question about Gabe Davis in a second, but he is still getting those big plays. He looks healthy, and therefore, it only takes one play with him. I am going to cash a 39.5 over on that one. I think the Bills will get the passing attack going. But So I have him at wide receiver 25. I could not put him inside my top 24 because of that volume. Will the Bills ever utilize him more than five targets a game, or is he just stuck at this number regardless of health? Um. <clears throat> I think he could get up there a little bit more. I think one of the kind of mitigating factors here, they really haven't thrown the ball that, that much the last two weeks, uh, like sub 35 attempts. Uh, I, I think in good game scripts, you can see him be targeted. He's definitely trusted by Josh Allen. I just think at uh, the end of the day is, um, you know, they throw 30 balls, you're chalking, you know, good number to digs. Uh, and, and then it kind of gets spread from there. Um, so he's week to week. I don't, I, I feel like a very, very high end flex where you have him. So I, I think that ranking makes sense. 
you feel comfortable playing him, especially if you've got some upside players around him. Um, but, you know, there's going to be some dud weeks and just kind of have to take that. Yeah, but riding the hot streak right now, three touchdowns in three games in a row at the moment. Uh, Chris, help me out with this question. Brad McCoy, should I trade Puka Nakua for Evans? Maybe try to get Brees Hall too. Yeah, I'm thinking if you can get something extra with Evans, you know, it's like a Brees Hall, that would be spectacular to pull off as that trade. I think otherwise you're kind of making a push. Look, Patrick, Nakua is going to talk about this later in the show, but Nakua is going to have some kind of setback with Cooper Cup being more involved, but he's still going to be involved in this offense. Matthew Stafford looks looks good. They're still going to need to pass the ball. Mike Evans is banged up right now with the hamstring thing. You're not sure how long that's going to be. He's a little bit older guy. He's had hamstring issues in the past that kind of lingered with him. So for me, if I can get something extra with for Mike Evans, with Mike Evans, I would do that trade. Otherwise, I think it's just a push deal. Let me ask you this. Puka Nakua or Mike Evans the rest of the season? Like I said, it depends on how high field Mike Evans is. Um, for me, I mean, if Mike Evans is going to be out for three to four weeks, then I think you have to go with Nakua because you're going to need somebody in your lineup. But if Mike Evans is going to be out for like a week, then I like Mike Evans. Touchdown potential. He's like Nakua's involvement in the passing attack. And I know Cooper Cup's going to come back, like I said, but there's still going to be a second receiver to feed that offense. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. We're not gonna, gonna we're not gonna know a lot of information right now because Mike Evans is on by. They're not gonna tell us anything, so it's hard to know exactly where he's gonna be with that hamstring, how severe it is. Uh, I am gonna talk to Brian Scott tomorrow on our injury inquiries episode at nine thirty right here on our YouTube channel. So make sure you tune in for that. He is our doctor on the scene, and hopefully he'll be able to give some idea with Evans of what we're, timetable we're kind of looking at, or at least a rough rough gathering of sorts. But no, I'm with you right now. I'm just holding for Puka Nakua unless you can get a Brees Hall and a Mike Evans, in which case, yes, I am going to go ahead and do that deal. And, of course, we'll talk about Brees Hall and the news surrounding him later on in the show. Uh, Evan Ingram, he's just your he's your ho-hum mid-level tight end one. Like, you're starting him every single week right now and be thankful you have one that you can actually start and not pull your hair out streaming, frankly. Uh, Don Kincaid. Still getting ranked inside the top 12. I don't understand why. He's been the tight end 27 on the year. He's third on the targets and in, in, in target percentage, which everybody kept telling me how Dalton K was going to get targeted more than Gabe Davis. And I kept saying they were wrong. And so far, they have been wrong on that point, as much as Gabe Davis hasn't really been getting targeted all that much in his own right. Uh, how about this? His player prop is only 28 and a half receiving yards. So before I even give you whether I'm going under or over on that one, 20 and a half receiving yards coming out of Vegas, and yet people want to rank him inside the top 12 at tight end. Like that, right there, that tells you there is a problem, at least in my opinion. But he has been under that mark three of the last four games. And Jacksonville, though, on the flip side, has allowed the third most receiving yards to the tight end. I'm going to stick with he continues to go under, doesn't get on back on track on this one. I don't know. Adam, am I missing something here with Don Kincaid? No, you're not at all. He doesn't have, he has double digit yards on the season. Not like, oh, he hasn't gotten a 100-yard game yet this season. He doesn't have 100 yards on the season. Like, no, I'm not ranking him as a tight end one. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, I, I need to see him a little more involved for that. Oh, here, here this, is, this is an interesting question, actually. Uh, Calvo asks, did he trade Jamar Chase for Kenneth Walker or DeAndre Swift? He's got good receivers, CeeDee Lamb, Monrob, Michael Pittman. His running backs are lacking a little bit. Rashad White and Alexander Madison. 
man, I would I would definitely contemplate Kenneth Walker, but I have a hard time trading away Jamar Chase. I have a very hard. I would rather trade away either C.D. Lamb or Amon Ra if you can for a Kenneth Walker. Uh, I, I, I'm holding the fort there on Jamar Chase. I know it's been rough. We know he could turn around a heartbeat. I love Cincinnati's schedule down the stretch. I'm actually on the bandwagon of I'm trying everything I can to buy low on Jamar Chase while we still can. I don't know. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not pulling the trigger on this deal. I mean, I think the Jamar Chase, he's put the draft capital as number one guy, as a top guy. Um, we haven't seen that this season yet, but we have seen the involvement. T. Higgins is injured now. So this means it's going to hurt Jamar Chase. The schedule is going to light up a little bit. And when I look at what you have right there, I love some of the guys that you have, but St. Brown gets banged up. CDs that hasn't been necessarily the, the high ceiling guy you want him to be. You have a guy that all your guys hit that you can blow out people week in, week out with Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, and Amasi Brown versus I'm hoping Kenneth Walker and DeAndre Swift stay healthy the entire season. Um, I just think the receiver that you have and the weapons you can have going forward, I would just hang, keep status quo. Calvo, what I would do if I was you, I would go in and I would see if Zach Charbonnet available. Is Kenneth Gainwell available? Is there a running back handcuff golden ticket available? And just wait until the season plays out and see if you can bolster your running back core that way. Because like Chris said, those wide receivers, they could carry you to the promised land. So I wouldn't make that move if we were you. Or look uh, at like a Pittman and a Madison and see if you can kind of get a little right. upgrade at running back somewhere. Yeah, I, that, that would be something I would also entertain. Big Trev, Jalen, this is actually a decent question. Jalen Warren or Khalil Herbert, full PPR. Now, I, I would tend to think I had to go Khalil Herbert here a little bit after what we saw last week. I do have him ranked higher than Jalen Warren, but uh, let uh, Adam, you answer this question, and I have a question actually for like a personal matter here. Uh, Khalil Herbert, I think, is a much higher upside uh, player between the two. Uh, Jalen Warren... I mean, you probably feel pretty comfortable you're getting 10 points, but outside of that, I don't really know what you're you're playing for. Uh, if the rest of your lineup's loaded and you're just trying to not put a dud out there, I guess, then maybe there's an argument to be made. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like if you get 13-plus carries of Khalil Herbert, you're going to surpass what uh, what Warren has to offer. Yeah, so I just like this is my personal team, actually. I'm going to ask you guys this and see what you think. I, I know what I have ranked higher, but it's still a conundrum. So in one league, it's a standard league. I got Jalen Warren, Tyler Algier. Probably going to have to play one of them to replace my Javante Williams for this week. W- which one would you guys do? Now, keep in mind here, I have Bijan Robinson in this league. So on one hand, I could go all in on Atlanta Falcons running attack against Houston or play Jalen Warren, who's got a better floor than Tyler Algier does at the moment. Did you say it was PPR? It's standard. Standard. Yes. I feel I feel like in standard I want else here personally. Chris, what do you think? It's tough. I mean, it depends on what the matchup is. If I'm going for the, the ceiling, I'm going with Algier, hoping he stumbles in for a couple of touchdowns. Um, I'm looking for a floor. I hot pick warm because it gives me maybe six points. I'm just worried this Pittsburgh offense is you know so pathetic right now. I'm not sure what they're going to give to you. Um, and I think that when you look at Houston, we know the one thing you can do is run against them. Um, and I think there's a good chance that if you know, Atlanta can do that, they're going to do that. So now Algier has been successful as of late, but I think he's at the best chance of getting end zone a couple of times. Yeah, no, that's, I was, that's what I was thinking. Thank you guys for clearing it up. Uh, Ventro, let's get to Ventro's question, then we'll cut it to the next game. Would you trade James Cook, James Conner, Devonta Smith, and Tyler Lockett for Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, Chris Godwin, and Zach Moss. Full PPR, 14 team. Now, so, Dan, real quick, 
I, I mean, I, I'm curious what you guys think. I, as soon as I saw Justin Jefferson, I said yes. So I don't know if that means anything because that's just how I looked at it immediately. Yes. So I, I was just going to say that my immediate thought was going to be that. But that's a lot of depth you're giving up. And Zach Moss is about to be rendered useless. I don't think the Colts are going to be able to move on from Jonathan Taylor, quite frankly. You're hoping to God that they do. Um, you're, and you're going to be doubling down with Minnesota's passing attack. Not as terrible with Jordan Addison, but Chris Godwin, if, if I mean, he's good as long as Mike Evans is out. But if Mike Evans comes back, I don't know how much I love Chris Godwin here. That's a lot of depth. I would still tend to lean yes because I would pretty much do anything I could to get Justin Jefferson on my team in a full man 14-team PPR league. But it's closer than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. Adam, let me get your take on this. Look, an exercise I like to do in situations like that, and trust me, in, in all kinds of leagues, uh, th this has been something I've had to go through, right? Because it's like trading depth to the point where I'm a starting lineup and not much else. Um, but I would, I would take a look and just try to pencil out what a starting lineup would look like if you took that trade. Um, you know, and if you feel like you're starting some real bums, right? Because you don't want to be relying on Chris Godwin right now. And you definitely don't want to be relying on Zach Moss uh, You know, when Taylor comes back, which seems it's going to be sooner rather than later. Um, but if those are guys who you're flexing in depending on the matchup and otherwise you feel pretty good, then I'm absolutely smashing the Jefferson side. Otherwise... I'm looking at the waiver wire and in a 14 league, 14 team league, um, you know, that can be pretty rough. I think that's the key. The 14 team league, a lot of times your depth is actually what wins out if you have more depth than the other person. So I, I don't know if I would do that deal actually, more I think about it. Let's head to our next matchup. <laughs> Speaking of the Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans. All right. In this game, Atlanta is back at home and they are favored at minus two. There's a 41 over under. <sighs> yep. Guess what, guys? Oh, you're about to see my underdog pick here. Houston is going to win this game outright. First of all, they've been two and one as 2.5 or more point underdogs so far this year. I'm taking Houston on the money line. They just look like the better team. I know we're back in at Atlanta. That's what made me think twice about this because Atlanta is a different team at home, but I'm taking the team that actually looks better right now. Desmond Ritter is a train wreck. Now, Here's what I, if you could put your crystal ball in here and tell me that Taylor Heineke takes over at halftime, I might change my bet here a little bit. So maybe we take a, 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 a note out of Chaz's book, Chris, and maybe live bet this game. But I do have to take Houston as one of my underdog picks of the week. Uh, moving into the fantasy standpoint of it all, CJ Shroud, one of the reasons why I'm taking Houston to win this game, I do have him in my quarterback 13, couple spots ahead of the ECR QB 15. He's been the quarterback 10 so far. He looks absolutely fantastic. There's no other way around it. And he's getting the job done with his young receivers. Atlanta's not a defense that scares you in this game. And definitely in a bye week, I think he's definitely a streamable option. Adam, would you go even higher than I would? No, I wouldn't go much higher. Um, I, we haven't seen the true blow-up game, right? We've seen him throw very, very well. We're, he's doing a lot with not a lot around him. Uh, which is great. I'm very, very excited about his future. Um, but to go into the mid to high end QB1, I think he's a QB1, but to go to mid to high end, I'm going to need more than than two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. Um, but look, I think he's well on his way. I think he's, um, if somehow he's still on the waiver wire in your league, he's someone that even if you don't have a, a reason to start him right now, uh, get him on the roster because he very well could be in that mid to high end come a month from now. 
Yeah, well, I don't disagree with that. Uh, obviously, you're, you're staying away from Desmond Ritter, and obviously, we're playing Bijan Robinson this week. I actually like Bijan Robinson on the over on 84 and a half rushing yards against this Houston Texan defense. Uh, Damian Pierce continues to be an RB3. You're praying to God he falls into the end zone because he can't rush for much more than that. And then Tyler Algier, who I was going to kind of, you know, I think we got your thoughts on a little bit already, guys, with my question here, but I am still lower than the ECR on him. I I got him at 36. It's most because of the bye week that even actually reaches my flex conversation. ECR has got him at 30. ECR hasn't moved on Tyler Algier in three weeks, and I just feel like people just aren't paying attention. I mean, since week two, the guy's been RB54. The workload between him and Bijan has grown consistently over those past few weeks. Now, on the flip side, and I think this is what Chris was alluding to, Houston's allowed the third most rushing yard, rushing touchdowns, excuse me, to the running back position. So you're hoping Tyler Algier's volume is based on his touchdown dependency. This is the match in which that could happen. Plus the buys, it's why he's still my flex conversation. But this is starting to feel like he's a handcuff, not really a flex guy after this week. I mean, Chris, do you disagree with that at all? No, I think that's a possibility. I mean, unless it's like the offense figures out something really quickly, of course he's not going to be an option. They can't score points. Um, if they get back on track, which could be a game like this week, where you see them actually able to establish the run, not get down early in the game, and not kind of have to forget about Tyler Algier the second half, then he can get back involved again. I think this Atlanta team needs to find their identity, and they're really struggling right now. They're not able to kind of come out running the ball effectively. The offensive line is really not getting a good push. It hasn't pass protected well, and Desmond Ritter's not converting on third downs or making big plays. So I think all those things are holding him back, so I can't guarantee that's going to change. Um, but I do think that right now it's a great handcuff to have. Bijan is, you know, while we love Bijan, is still a rookie. He's still got to determine can he make, you know, all 17 games of this season. And then you look at his line of offense, like I said, you're kind of hoping for better days. Off the line should be way better than it's played. Yeah, I tend to agree. We got to talk about these Houston Texans wide receivers. So I am the exact opposite of ECR on this one. I got Tank Dell at 23. ECR's got him at 32. ESR is Nico Collins at 19. I am at 29. Guys, pay attention. I know Nico Collins had a big week last week, and these guys have been going back and forth. But Tank Dell still ran more routes than Nico Collins did even last week. And the Falcons have actually been brutal to the perimeter wide receiver. AJ Terrell. Yep, AJ Terrell is a real thing. But while the slot receiver, though, has been lighting them up. Christian Kirk, 12 targets, 8 catches, 84 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown, 12 targets, 9 catches, 102 yards. Jaden Reed, that's when he had his big two-touchdown game. Meanwhile, you're watching guys like Calvin Ridley have two catches for 38 yards. He happened to get a touchdown. Josh Reynolds, who had been on a tear up until that point, didn't get a single target in that game. And you had uh, Romeo Dobbs, my other note. Three targets, two catches, 30 yards in that game. It's the Tank Dell game. It's not an Nico Collins game. I love Tank Dell. I'm definitely playing him. That's why I have him inside my top 24. Nico, do you have a better option to play as your wide receiver three, to play as your flex in a, in a heavy bye week? Maybe not. That's why he's still inside my top 30. But I am definitely tempering expectations. I mean, Chris, you, you chimed in there. You want to you take this one away? I 100% agree. I think people are going to get down on Tank Dell after last week, and you're, you know we thought we were going to get something and we didn't get anything. But as you alluded to, Dan, this is the matchup that he's going to be the guy that they're featuring. CD Strauss through this entire year, he's going to go to the guy who has one-on-one coverage and has the weaker matchups. He went to Robert Woods early in the season. He's continuing to go Nico Collins when he needs to go to him. And he went to Tank Dell when he will take advantage of that. This is a Tank Dell week. I 100% agree with you. This is what uh, Drake London's singing on the sidelines. Oh, water sucks. 
It really, really sucks. Water sucks. Just replace water sucks with Desmond Ritter sucks. He's just praying for Taylor Heineke. I can't believe we're at this point, and maybe this is, Chris, you like to say 2023, but we're at the point where I'm praying for Taylor Heineke. I am praying for anybody with a pulse besides Zach Wilson. I'm praying for backup quarterbacks. I want them to go trade for Jacoby Brissett. It feels gross, but that's where we are because we're just like, look, at least these guys can maintain fantasy-relevant players. Oh, it's just... It's just disgusting. Drake London, by the way, still keeping him in my wide receiver four territory. I don't want to play him if I at all can. Speaking of disgustingness in Atlanta, Adam, help me out here with the freaking tight end position of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we're going to skip over Kyle Pitts, buddy, because we, we've harped on Kyle Pitts enough. I'm, of course, I'm lower than him on ECR. I got him at 17. ECR sold him at 13. I, I think he's borderline droppable if you're in 10 man leagues right now. And unless Taylor Heineke gets actually does become the quarterback, I'm not even going to be interested in him. But Janu Smith, I do have as a streaming option this week as my tight end 13. He hasn't had less than six targets in three weeks. Is this continue? Is he just a tight end one? What do you make of this situation? Arthur Smith likes his guys. I mean, what else do you say? Um, you know, he, he hasn't really been used much outside of the Arthur Smith offense. The New England trip was not very, you know, fruitful for him uh, to say the least. Um, but yeah, he, he comes back to Arthur Smith and and suddenly there's something going again. Uh, he, he, for as much of a coach that really talked about upon getting this job, how he's going to be super adaptable, uh, you know, wants to build around his players, doesn't want to just be known for running one thing. He really is known for really running one thing. He's just trying to recreate, you know, what he's done at Tennessee, but with a much uh, worse quarterback. Um, and with that, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think John Smith is someone he wants to get involved. He's a familiar face when uh, a lot of problems are occurring around him. Yeah, it's, right now you just you can stream Jimmy Smith, and it's just it's just, it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, let's go to our next matchup. <laughs> So we got the Detroit Lions taking on the Carolina Panthers in Detroit. Detroit is favored at minus nine and a half. The over under is 44 and a half. And guys, this gets real simple as far as locks go. Detroit is three and one against the spread, especially at home. They're even better. Carolina is 0 and four. And yes. playing Bryce Young. And playing <laughs> Bryce Young. Guess what? We're taking Detroit at minus nine and a half and locking this one in. Uh, as far as injuries go, Miles Sanders did practice in limited capacity today. That's a good sign for his availability as long as he doesn't have a setback. Jonathan Mingo did clear concussion protocol. Amon Ross St. Brown did pop up with an abdomen issue. I will be talking to Brian about that tomorrow because that's something that sounds like we are going to have to at least keep our eyes on heading into the weekend. Uh, Jared Goff, he's in that streaming territory. The only thing I worry, and I'm a little bit lower in ECR here, is just I worry he doesn't have to do too much. And because Detroit's defense has actually been improved and playing pretty well, I think that might continue. So it has me a little bit concerned as far as what his fantasy output is, even though it's in uh, Detroit. And hello to you, uh Fluff, fluff, fluffushin, I can't. I don't know. If you have a question, though, uh, hit us up. Let us know. Hey, so okay, so obviously we're not playing Bryce Young, David Montgomery, RB one. No matter how you slice it. Oh, by the way, sixty-seven and a half rushing yards. Yes, give me that all day against Carolina. One hundred percent on the over on that one. We do have to talk a little bit about Jameer Gibbs. Chase and I got to talk about this a little bit, so I want to get both of your guys' take on this one. We'll start with Adam, then we'll go to Chris. I mean. 
people are still ranking him inside the top 24. It's unbelievable to me. It's been four weeks, guys. We have enough of a sample size. They still have him out of 20. I have him at 26. Like I was high in flex play. He would be in my 30s if it wasn't for the bye weeks. He still gets enough, and he's RBA 20, 28 so far this year. He still gets enough in the passing game, in the rushing game. We know he could break a big play at any given moment. They can still flex him. But really, you guys got to start figuring out a way to temper your expectations and stop making him a must-start running back. I don't know. Adam, what do you make of Jameer Gibbs? Does this get better as the season rolls on, or is David Montgomery just going to run away with this thing? I don't know if it gets super consistent. I think it gets better on the whole. Uh, I think you're going to start to see big games here, big games there. Sorry. I just wanted to to clarify because I screwed up his name before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I think you'll start seeing big games here, big games there, him kind of start to climb up uh, the season total rankings. Uh, But I don't know if it gets consistent, right? Because I think it's very game script dependent, uh, right? Like a game like last week, that's going to be a Montgomery game. That's the type of thing that I see in this Carolina matchup uh, is that it's a game where they could get ahead pretty early. Uh, and they just look to sit on it with Montgomery. I think in in games where you're going to be pass heavy, maybe they'll use him a little bit more as a weapon, especially at home uh, or especially in domes. Um, but it, in outside games or in games that it's already you know starting to get locked up, I don't know what what Gibbs' role really is if he's going to get the touches that you're going to need to feel confident in his week to week fantasy value. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Chris, uh, help me out with this question real quick. She, uh, so uh, they're being being offered Higgins and Christian Kirk for Waddle, and it's a double flex PPR receivers around that Calvin Ridley, Jalen Waddle, Michael Thomas, and Dobbs right now. Um, yeah, Gabe Davis and Dobbs. Excuse me. Uh, I would say no to that deal. I'm, I would rather have Waddle, but you do get two receivers there. So, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a one that's kind of tough depending on what you think the rest of your team is. Do you need the depth of having a Higgins and Kirk? You're not going to be able to bank on Higgins anytime soon necessarily. I'm not really sure how severe the injury is. Dan talked about having Brian Scott on tomorrow. I'm sure we'll find out some more about the you know, that, that status. But Christian Kirk is a guy that we've seen you know, being involved right now, but it's also been a lot to do with Dan, you know, after about game scripts and matchups, Christian Kirk's very matchup kind of oriented right now. Jalen Waddle just hasn't been himself yet. This Miami offense looks good, though, to me. I'm going to hang on the Jalen Wild personally. Yeah, I tend to lean that way as well. Rolling Loud Highlights uh, did a trade to it and Flowers for Etienne and Garrett Wilson. Lineup is now Hertz, Josh Jacobs, Etienne, Brown, Garrett Wilson, Waddle, Hawkinson, Brian Robinson, and Russell Wilson as second QB in the three and one. Well, good for you, Rod. I, I like that team a lot. Uh, and you are always welcome. Dude, real quick, can I just come out on the Gibbs thing? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I agree with Adam for the most part, but where I think that you're going to look for matchup-wise is when Detroit has to score points. Adam kind of alluded to when they're going to be in a dome or outside. I don't know if that's going to matter as much as Detroit can sit on the game. They're going to grind out Montgomery. Montgomery does lead the league in broken tackles right now. She's playing pretty well, and he's kind of able to kind of establish the run for this team, establish their identity. But I also think that James Williams returning actually is going to help Gibbs moving forward. They'll open up a lot more things for the underneath passing attack. So I think you're going to see the opportunity for him to kind of get more involved as the season progresses with the added weapon injury and when they actually have to compete in the games. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And the key for me, like I said before, is just it's clearly don't quite trust him in pass pro yet. And once that establishes itself, and I do think it will at some point this season, especially the second half, Jameer Gibbs will get back to giving you that high-end RB2 value that you draft him to be, especially in half-point, full-point PPR league. So, yeah, I'm not on this. In fact, if anything, you know what? I'm going to hit this drop. If anything, I would try to buy low on Jameer Gibbs right now. I do think there's still upside for him uh, going further. Uh, we got two questions here from Reese. So uh, Pacheco or Madison this week? I I think I have them ranked like back to back. I think I have Madison just ahead of Pacheco because of his involvement in the passing game is very, very close. So it should be a shootout between Kansas City and Minnesota. I, which way would you guys go? I like Pacheco in this one just because I think Minnesota is going to play a light front like they did versus the Eagles. They'll do a lot of blitzing and if the Chiefs are smart, they'll run right at it. Adam, do you agree with that? I Yeah, I, I think – uh, to your point, I would have them pretty close, but I'm going to give the edge Pacheco. Uh, the Minnesota defense, I think, is worse between the two of them. I do agree it's going to be a high-scoring matchup. It could be um, that the passing game is the way to go. Um, but I don't know. The Chiefs front seven has been pretty decent this year. Yeah, I, I I have them ranked too closely to do a showdown with you guys. By the way, I do have a showdown graphic. We'll get it up there in just a second. Uh, Reese's second question is Jameson returning, going to further help targets for Laporta. I don't think it further helps targets. It might help yards after catch because there should be more room in the middle of the field for him to operate. I think Laporta will be just fine, though. Like I don't think it affects his targets negatively or positively. Jared Goff is somebody who likes to go over the middle of the field. That's why I'm on Ross St. Brown eats, and that's why Laporta can also still eat. What you're more worried about is not Jameson Williams. What you're more worried about is if Jameer Gibbs gets going in the passing game, that might affect Sam Laporta down the stretch. Do you guys agree or disagree with that, Chris? I agree with that. I was thinking we were worried about Josh Reynolds, kind of where he falls in the, the chain of kind of food, you know, or of guys to feed in a sense. I think Jameson's not going to be necessarily either looking to feature a lot, but I think, you know, we saw the Reynolds connection with golf. It's been something pretty consistent. And when you're feeding a second or third receiver to Detroit game script, you know, who are they going to consistently feed game in, week out? That's where I think it's kind of hard for Laporta to be consistent. But I think you, you make a good point, Dan. I think what you're getting in Laporta right now is probably what you expect they pretty much get for the rest of the season. Yeah, in which hats off to you because you probably drafted him as a, a top 15 tight end and you're getting a top five tight end right now. So be happy about that in a world where tight end sucks. Uh, Miles Sanders will get more information about him. If he plays, you probably have to play him still as a high-end flex play, low-end RB2. We'll keep our eyes on Chuba Hubbard as well. I'm on Ron St. Brown. We'll talk about his injury in tomorrow's show. Uh, Josh Reynolds, not going to be playing him. I don't know what the stretch is going to be with Jameson Williams. I don't expect Jameson to play a ton, but I'm not looking to play Josh Reynolds inside my top 36 either. Speaking of Jamison, let's just kind of talk about him for a second. Now, you're not going to play him this week, but I do think he is a stash player, and when he gets up to speed, Adam, what do you think his rest of season value you think is going to be? Man, I'm not really sure. I know they were just kind of getting him up to speed at the end of last season, but they didn't really make a concerted effort. His, uh, I think he's a good route runner. Uh, and that's not something a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, that being said, it seems like they've pegged him to be more of a deep threat to use his speed, which is definitely something he can do. Uh, but I think he's capable of a little bit more. Uh, well, I guess my concern is he continues to get pegged as only a deep threat guy. And you just see, you know, a, a similar to a Gabe Davis type of situation where it's like I'm getting my three to five targets. Some games are going to have big plays, but you're not really going to get uh, a consistent feeding. Uh, you know, I, I like the offensive mind of, you know, Ben Johnson uh, for Detroit. So I'm fingers crossed he's going to figure out a way to use a really new, unique weapon. 
Um, but uh, there's definitely some inherent risk with him. I just think the upside is worth holding him around. Chris, you want to help me out with this question from Big Mac? I accept the trade I offered. Uh, got, I got offered Anthony Richardson, Damian Pierce, and Pittman for Higgins and Njoku. I feel like there's another player I'm missing here. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that's supposed to spell. Because this is for Tur Higgins and Njoku. I- I'm thinking there's somebody else involved. For, here. I think it's supposed to be T, and I think the yeah, T Higgins. The J E is probably Junior. Okay. Okay. Well then, yeah, I would definitely do that deal. If it's just yeah. for Higgins, you get Anthony Richardson, Damian Pierce, and Pittman for Higgins and Njoku. Yeah, one hundred percent. I would do that deal in a heartbeat right now, Big Mac. Uh, one last question here from Reese. Garrett Wilson, Nico Collins, or Higgins as a wide receiver to this week. I highly doubt Higgins is going to play this week. Now, he might be back as soon as next week. That's a possibility, but I, I'd be surprised if he's back this week. So I'm taking Higgins out of this question. So, Chris, let me ask you this. I know my rankings fall. Garrett Wilson or Nico Collins this week? I'm going to go Garrett Wilson, especially with the matchup. I mean, you look at Denver team has been hemorrhaging points. And we talked about how Justin Fields looked first when D.J. Moore had over eight catches, over 130 yards. Garrett Wilson still receiver 24 and half-point PPR, 26, I should say, and half-point PPR. So still receiver two. Where Colin, we talked about the matchup where I'm not – I'm afraid of Terrell if I were, if I were you. Yeah, I, I would be too. I don't. I'm not afraid of Patrick Sertan because he's not really shadowing at the moment. He might see Garrett Wilson. And Joseph's his coach. Yeah, yeah, and James versus Coast. So that's, that's kind of the problem here. You might see him 50% of the time, uh, but that also could be it. Uh, so I would I had to have Garrett Wilson ranked ahead of Nico Collins for this week. And one more question before we wrap up this matchup. Calvo, would you all trade Amon Ra for DeAndre Swift? Also tight. We Calvo gave us what his running backs were earlier. He is hurting at the running back position, but your wide uh, Calvo, I'm just gonna keep saying it. Your wide receivers are so dominant. I would rather stash running backs on the waiver wire that have handcuff upside and hope that something hits along the way than give up your dominance at the wide receiver position. I, I'm I'm not gonna trade on Monroe St. Brown. Well, for the what's your record? Are, are we in a point of desperation here? Because otherwise, that's a good question. Yeah, Cal, hey, look. message back in with what your record in what record is. And uh John, give us one second. We'll get to your question as soon as we get to our next matchup. We gotta we gotta move on here. Uh, I just want to cap it off our our Lions Carolina conversation with Sam Laporta at 42 and a half receiving yards. I am definitely taking the over on that one heading into this match against Carolina. Bryce Young, no conversation about Bryce Young. What's that? So- so the conversation about Bryce Young, he's not, he's not going to be on a waiver anymore. He's not going to be one of our discussion guys, whether we start Bryce Young this week or not. No, no. We don't have to talk about Bryce Young anymore, thank God. Maybe just if Carolina quick, actually pulls off just this real trade quick, for I saw that Other than Joe Burrow, which we all know his problem, uh, Bryce Young's averaging under five yards per completion this year. So just, just to think about, think about getting the receiver help, fucking he's all put a little bit better numbers than that, just saying. Yeah, fantastically awful. Uh, let's head to our next matchup. <laughs> It is the Tennessee Titans taking on Adams, Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are favored, Adam, minus one in this game. Basically a pick them. It should be 42 and a half over under Tennessee, though, is three and one against the spread. I'm not going to bet on this game. The whole question about Tennessee right now, which Tannehill you're going to get. We've had two weeks where he's looked fine and competent and looks like Ryan Tannehill and two weeks where he looks like he needs to retire immediately the following day. And that pretty much has dictated whether or not the Titans are actually good that day. So I'm, I'm not betting on things that are 50, 50. I just, I just want to, this game. Up in the air. 
Uh, he did not practice today, if I recall correctly. He did not practice today. But I, I want to throw out there, it's been every other for Tannehill. And we're, we're due for the bad Tannehill this game. It has been every other. Week one was bad. Three sure. was bad. Here we go. three and one. So Calvo, I would not make the deal yeah, though. If you're not in a desperation uh, situation, and let's get to John's question. He's been waiting patiently. Need filled two running back two and flex full PPR. I got Swift, Hall, Achan, uh, Calvin Ridley, and Nico Collins. So uh, Chris, pick two from that. Li- what I need to fill RB two. So pick one running back and a flex play. I'm going to definitely pay DeAndre Swift. I mean, I think Swift's the guy that I think is a stud to have in your lineup week in, week out. And then for my flex, I'm probably going to look at – I'm probably going to lead towards Calvin Ridley. I know Hall has the matchup. A-Chain has the big games. Um, But Ridley, I like the matchup for him. Um, You know, I think this is a good opportunity for him. You saw last week he struggled worse to help, saw the touchdown, had another touchdown called back. So I still think he's going to be involved in this offense. I'd probably go Ridley. Uh, If I go off my rankings, I do have Ridley ranked slightly higher than those two options. But you have good options all the way around. All right, so into this game, Anthony Richardson, obviously top five QB play. I've been loving what we've been seeing out of him, especially from a fantasy standpoint. The big headline, Adam, this is all for you, buddy. Jonathan Taylor. Is Jonathan Taylor going to play? What do you think? I think so. I think... This whole time, I've been staying pat that it, he's going to play uh, coming off or that he would come off you know, pretty quickly and that he would play for the Colts. Uh, and look, he, he got cleared uh, by doctors to play like two weeks ago. It's all about is he at game speed. Uh, and I think you, know, you and I both know Jonathan Taylor is going to be ready at game speed. Uh, I think his 4-4's game speed is going to be fast enough to beat out Zach Moss's 4-6-5 game speed. Um, even if he hasn't played recently. Uh, so I, I definitely think Jonathan Taylor is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I have a lot of Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup loaded out throughout lineups, and this is a very exciting week uh, for me for both of those two players and, of course, for my Colts. <laughs> I, I agree. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to play. I, I think, what was it today? They had an estimation of practice. They didn't actually practice today, but they said Jonathan Taylor would have been full if they were practicing or, or some, something along those lines. They uh, counted him as a full practice. Yeah. So, like, you're not practicing him in full unless he's going to play. If you're going to trade him, you wouldn't be practicing him because remember, even if you activate him, you have 21 days to actually activate him from the IR window. So if you're going to trade him, you wouldn't be practicing him in full at all on the field. I think he's going to play. And furthermore, if he plays, he's a top 10 running back in my mind. Taylor hasn't been hurt since like three months ago. All right. Like he's a top 10 player. He's a stud. He's going to play. He's going to get his workload. Especially if Kelly and Raymond are able to make it out. I think that's the key is if some of these offensive line injuries get chipped away out because that's the one thing is this offensive line was lost this past week. They've been pretty good the rest of the season. So if they can have three out of five starters, I feel very good about JT. Kelly, Kelly did practice, but you guys are that confident. Guy has not been – he wasn't even part of camp. And you think he's going to come out and just go be RB top RB1 right off the bat? He's going to get the volume like one. Look, look at Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara barely played in camp because he got injured. And he's he practiced all summer. 
He practiced with John the Taylor's. I don't need to pro- John the Taylor practice with this team. I need him to run through a hole. Like he does like a bat out of hell. And Alvin Kamara didn't practice at all summer long because he was injured during training camp. He did miss some time and he couldn't practice with the team over the last three weeks. And he came out and got a bell cow workload right away. I am dead confident and he will be my RB10. I don't care about the matchup either, especially so with the RPO action you get with Anthony Richardson. I guarantee he gets a touchdown. To add a little bit to that, Zach Moss didn't practice much either. Uh, he came and got a big broken arm. Uh, so he, you know, more than Jonathan Taylor, but we're talking like a week of training camp, got hurt, came back to the season. Uh, Benguin asking, should I trade? Just Taylor wasn't as bad. I'm just thinking to say real quick, Moss wasn't as bad as Jackson though. I mean, I think it was desperation, but go ahead. Sorry. And still was productive, though, when given that workload. I don't think anything changes with Taylor. Uh, Benguin asked, 10-team 10 10 PPR, should I trade Ramondre and A.J. Brown for Austin Eckler and Brees Hall with Hall off of a snap count? Running backs are white, four Jacobs, wide receivers are Chase, T. Higgins, Christian Watson, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Godwin. Uh, I, I would do that deal because you get Austin Eckler. Ultimately, that's why I would do the deal. What do you guys think? I like it. I, I think they're one and three, by the way, that actually puts a little wrinkle into it because the chargers are on by right now. So Benguin, I would honestly say this, if you can do this deal next week, then sure. But I don't, I don't know if I would do this deal this week with you, with you needing a win right now. That does Agreed. change things. I, I think, I think that's definitely a big, yeah. big point. He has T also hurt. So I think that's a, a big part of him giving up AJ Brown this week. I wouldn't be eager to do that, especially the streak he's been on. Adam, do you agree? Yeah, that is tough. The the one and three definitely changes it. I I think you can get a pretty good week out of Brees this week, but I, you know AJ Brown obviously is going to be more valuable this week, and you pretty much need a win right now. Yeah, I, that's that's where my head's at too. So try to see if you can make that deal happen next week. Uh, Derek Henry back in our RB one conversation. Obviously speaking, after getting off to a nice little game finally last week, and this should be another nice matchup, especially if Buckner misses again uh, this week for him. Uh, Zach Moss, obviously, I'm lower than the ECR. ECR is not quite ranking him as if Jonathan Taylor is going to play this week. That's why they have him at 22. I got him at 31. His rankings all going to depend on what the availability comes down to for Jonathan Taylor heading into this matchup. Uh, Pittman's been good. I'm a little bit more hesitant than the ECR is. It's not a lot, not a lot of down the field throws. You need them to get a lot of volume, uh, but I do kind of like him for his 57 and a half receiving yards over prop uh, this particular week. And DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, this is somebody who I've been ranking outside my top 36. If I can help it this week with the buys, he just makes my top 36. But even the games, Tatum Hill has been good. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't been good. And even without Traylon Burks, he hasn't been good. So I like I if you could find a better option, I feel like you should. Uh Adam, I want to kick this back to you with Josh Downs. I'm much higher than ECR. I got him 11 spots higher. I'm at 34 in your flex conversation. ECR's got him at 45. His routes runs increased every single week. He's had 27 targets through four games, a 17.7 target share rate it kind of puts him in the wide late wide receiver three early wide receiver four category uh what do you think you see about josh downs would you flex him this week i don't think i'm ready to flex him he's someone that i'm very very excited for throughout the season uh i i think that there are, are bright things ahead for him um he's running routes he's getting targeted uh and you've even seen seen some pretty big plays um but end zone we haven't seen we haven't seen big fantasy points quite yet 
Um, so those are kind of the things where, look, I'm, I'm eager to start taking him off the bench and I'm very excited to have him on benches in a lot of spots, but I don't, I don't think it's time yet for me at least. Yeah, Traylon Burke's still not practicing and we're not playing any of these tight ends. So let's go ahead into our next matchup here. If I can find the drop. The Miami Dolphins taking on the New York Giants. Finally, the Giants are a primetime game. Just wait till next week and then go back again to Sunday night. Unfortunately, the Dolphins are going to cover in this one. I gave it away beforehand, but uh, uh, minus 11 right now for the Miami Dolphins in this game. The over under set at 49 and a half. The Giants have been 0 and 4 against the spread. Miami's been 3 and 1 against the spread so far. Yes, I am taking the Dolphins to cover a mighty spread there, even if Saquon Barkley's back. I, I think it might help the Giants' offense look a little more competent, but I'm not, I'm not shying away from Miami and covering that one. Uh, and speaking of, to attack Lavoa, 284 passing yards. That's about, that number's about right. I'm kind of staying away from that. You're obviously playing him as a mid-level QB1 this week. Daniel Jones, though, it's, it's Daniel Jones time. I got him as a top 12 quarterback this week, Chris. He's, you know, it, it, Saquon, if he could, especially if Saquon comes back. Now, that might change a little bit if we find out Saquon's not going to come back, but he did practice in limited fashion today. I think the RPO action will be there, will be available to him. He's going to have to run against Miami, and the Dolphins have given up the third most fantasy points to the quarterback. And what do I always say about Daniel Jones? Against bottom-tier defenses against the quarterback, fantasy-wise, he gives you top 12 performances. What do you think? Yeah, so those quarterbacks that Miami faced for the most part were Justin Herbert, um, Josh Allen, uh, Russell Wilson, who's been QB7 this entire season. So I'm not... Uh, it's been a little bit different than the quarterback they're going to be facing in Daniel Jones. Now, the one thing that goes goes well for Daniel Jones, the Giants are not playing at home. So maybe that gives him a chance. And as you said, it's not prime time where now Daniel Jones is now 1-12, in 12, trying to become the new Kirk Cousins of prime time. <laughs> trying to become. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm not loving that, Dan. But I think that, you know, you made an argument why he could be. I just think the only thing that looks good for him in a sense is Miami should be able to blow this team out. And therefore, Daniel Jones gets some garbage time rushing yards. Well, that thank you, Chris. You just led into it because 37 and a half rushing yards. I have the over on that prop for Daniel Jones. And that's a big reason why he makes my top 12 for fantasy football quarterbacks this week, too. Adam, you want to help out Grant here? 12 man PPR. His quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. His running backs, James Cook, Joe Mixon. Uh, he's got Tank Bigsby, Justice Hill, Zach Charbonnet. His receivers, Stephon Diggs. Uh, St. Brown, Puka Nakua, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, Nico Collins, Jahan Dotson, starting one quarterback, two running back, three receivers. He said, what should he improve? He's also on out for my week three drop. <laughs> he dropped Devon Achon uh, in week three, and he's two and two and feeling it. It's all right, Grant. It's all right. You can't blame yourself for that, man. We, it, was, uh, it was like a healthy scratch the one week. We weren't sure his workload was going to be coming back. It's okay. Is there anything on here you would try to actively improve, Adam? Uh, for me, it's running back. I feel like I would want someone a little more consistent running back, specifically if I can move off of – James Cook, pair with one of the extra depth receivers. I think that's the route I want to go. Uh, Mixon, this is actually the best I feel like I've seen him run in a while. Uh, and he's certainly a workhorse, so I would want to keep him around because if the Bengals' offense is able to improve down the stretch, they've got good matchups. Um, and, you know, it, it, if the passing offense works, then there's going to be room for him to run. 
Um, so I, I think I like him rest of season to continue building up some, something. Um, so I think James Cook would be the guy. If I can get him one of those receivers, move up, get a really good running back, feel really good about where you're at. I think I posted on X earlier today at Dan Mater FF on there uh, that Joe Mixon is somebody that you must go try to buy. He only has two bad matchups the rest of the season for running backs. Uh, so go ahead and try to see if you can buy low there on bye, Joe bye, bye. on Joe Mixon. Uh, Saquon Barkley, kind of the same thing as Jonathan Taylor. If he's back and he's healthy, then he's getting a full workload, and he's a top 10 running back. I don't think it has to get any more complicated than that when it comes to Saquon Barkley, regardless of the matchup. Uh, Raheem Mostert, Devon Achan. So we have to start talking about this. Achan. I, I can't get that. I, can't, I, just, I, I always want to say Achan. I, just, I can't stop myself from saying Achan. 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 I'll say it five times, and I'll, I'll finally get it in my brain. Um, I do have him a little bit lower. I'm, I have both Raheem Mostert and Achan a little bit lower here. I got most Mostert at 18, ECR's got him at 16. I got A-Chan at 17, ECR's got him at 14. Look, I know the past two weeks have been all have been awesome, but he can't sustain that kind of productivity level with eight carries. And I do think that eight carries is more indicative of what we're going to see more often than not out of A-Chan in this offense. So Moser fumbles twice. That's what kind of leads to A-Chan you know, taking away in the snap counts. And now you have yourself in this illusion that he's suddenly taking over the backfield. But what you need to remember, Stevon Ahmed, he could be back this week. Jeff Wilson's not going to be, but Jeff Wilson will probably be back in the next few weeks. And Mike McDaniels has talked several times about using all of his running backs. And that's been his history. So, Chris, help me out here. One, which one would you play over the other this week? And two, what's your overall outlook at Miami? So my overall outlook is much different than this week. Um, I looked at, you know, Achan, and he's not getting touched after 9.7 yards per touch before he actually gets any kind of contact. So that's unbelievably ridiculous right now. Now, Raheem Mostert is number two in the league, so it is something the Dolphins are able to kind of do. Teams are kind of giving him the running attack. Um, the Giants are a spectacular matchup for the opportunity. We just watched them basically uh, touch – no offense. They thought they were playing no offense two hand touch this past week, and they were trying to like push him out of bounds. Who knows what they were trying to do? But he had a fifty-one yard touchdown. No offense on a basically a five-yard pass. This giant defense looks bad. It has poor fundamentals. They take bad angles. So I think it's a starting. You start both of them this week versus the Giants. I think you can't take this week necessarily for the rest of the season by just means it's the Giants. Um, but moving forward, I'm with you, Dan. I still think Achan's a guy that you want to sell high. I do think there's going to be a role for him. I think it's a little harder to kind of put him away after he's kind of been such a shiny toy to have. The speed is something that's very effective for this offense. But I just want to point out, we haven't seen Jalen Waddle be Jalen Waddle, and a big part of the yardage kind of is going to the running backs right now. I think eventually Jalen Waddle gets to see legs back, gets back involved in this passing attack, and takes some of the yards away from the running backs. Couldn't have said it better myself. I would sell high on A-Chan, and because the craze around him is so high right now, you you will probably be able to get a good deal with him involved. Uh, fat Slingum, Fat Single Mum? I don't know. I'm guessing that's how it's spelled. Uh, do I start McLaughlin or Miles Sanders this week? I get, you know, we have to assume here that Javante Williams is not able to play. He didn't practice today, but we still have to wait and see. It's not a serious injury right now with Javante. Uh, Adam, which one would you start this week? Oh, I can't believe we're here. Uh, if 
Javante doesn't play, I might be on the McLaughlin side. Look, Miles Sanders, I, I thought coming into the season there might be some kind of hope with him. And I don't know if he's as bad as the analytics are making it out to be. But analytically, he's by far the worst running back in the league. I don't think he's that bad, but I don't think he's doing very well. And I don't think that there's many pieces in that Carolina offense that I feel comfortable trusting. So, yeah, I, look, I, if Miles Sanders practices all week, uh, I definitely have Miles Sanders raked ahead. I could, my whole thing is that while, yes, McLaughlin looked much better than Samaja Perrine, Samaja Perrine still played more snaps. And Perrine, I think, would likely be the starter heading into the game. Now, you could get the big plays on McLaughlin, that 100%. And you're not going to get those big plays most likely out of Miles Sanders against that Detroit team, but you are going to get more volume. And at the end of the day, I'm going to go with more probability, and that is going to probably be Miles Sanders. And again, we still don't know for sure that Javante Williams is going is going to miss. So um, you're on one side, you're on the other side. It's not quite enough of a discrepancy for me to hit the showdown. Uh, so we'll hopefully we'll get one of those at some point today. Let's talk now about, well, first of all, Tyree Kill, uh, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill. 88 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I'm going to hit the over. Jalen Waddle. I think this is a game he gets back on track. 62 and a half receiving yards. Gonna hit the over on there too. The Giants are going to be a nice little fixer elixir. Who's going to be the fixer elixir for Darren Waller though, Chris? I still have him ranked as the top five tight end because I can't bring myself to bring him any lower than that. Logically, he should be getting all the volume in the world. He should be targeting the red zone everywhere else. If Saquon returns, maybe the offense does look a little more competent. Maybe that does help him out. His prop is only 40 and a half receiving yards. Playing as a Dolphins team has been terrible against the tight end so far this year. I want to hit the over. I'm not hitting the cash button because I have no idea what that you're going to get a Darren Waller and you know, they still have him as a top five guy and you got to play him. I don't know. Are you benching Darren Waller? What do you make of the situation? I mean, I feel like the tight end position, as you talked about, unless I have a, a great option, no, I'm probably still rolling them out there, especially versus matchup versus Dolphins. Having said that, all the hype, all the talk, all the things we heard all off season has not materialized. We're not seeing Darren Waller involved in this offense. I'm just afraid, Dan, that he has talent, and we found out that Brian Dable hates talented receivers. He refuses to involve them in the offense. I, they have to give him the ball at some point. Like it just it doesn't it doesn't compute. It doesn't compute in my logical brain. It's driving me crazy right now. Uh, Shane's asking Laporta and Christian Watson is that too much for Kelsey Adam? No. I agree. It's it's definitely not too much for Kelsey. I, I would definitely do that deal. We have that Kelsey kind of sneakily is bye, a bye, bye. little bit of a buy low candidate right now because he hasn't quite produced yet to this point. And some people are looking for some depth. So, yeah, Laporte and Christian Watts for Travis Kelsey, 100%. Go ahead and do it. I just want to uh, throw something out there because I, I was looking for Waller, but I have it pulled up anyway so that this is working sure. out. Um, in targets per game, Kelsey is a – Full target ahead of next up in Hawkinson. So to that point, yeah. he's a buy because the targets are there. You just, you know, need a little bit more out of them. Exactly. 100%. Let's go to our next match. So we got the New Orleans Saints taking on. I was wondering, Chris's face was frozen for like a hot minute there. Uh, we got the New Orleans Saints taking on the New England Patriots. New England Patriots at home are favored at minus one and a half. The over under at 40. Yeah, I don't expect this to be a very exciting game, unfortunately. <laughs> 
only you got two offenses that are struggling really bad right now. Their car had no business being out there on the field. Probably doesn't have any business of being out in the field this week either. But if we saw him last week, I'm going to think that we're probably going to see him this week. And it's just two bad offenses with two mediocre quarterback play right now. It's, just, it's not going to be pretty. But Adam, let's talk about Ramondre Stevenson because it's been woof with Ramondre Stevenson so far this season. Somebody we expected to possibly be that low in RB1, high in RB2. And he's actually been one of the few running backs who stayed healthy. And he's still not really performing to that. And now you got a tough match against the Saints. They've given up the eighth fewest points to the running back so far this season. Uh, I mean, I do have him as a top 24 play, a low in RB2 right at the 24 mark. So does ECR for that matter. Uh, Look, your your pathway for Roger Stevenson is that you need the targets to increase. And the Saints have allowed the ninth most receiving yards to the running backs. So maybe, maybe that's a pathway for me to get back on track. But I don't see it happening this week. I just, what would you do with him in the future? Are you buying low on him? Are you trying to get out of the Roger Stevenson business? I think I'm in a solid hold. Uh, I, and airing to the side of buying. I'm not actively shopping too much, uh, but if, if there's leaks or I think something made sense, I would definitely look into him. Uh, I, I'm not afraid of buying him. I'll say that. Um, look, I, I think Mac Joe, I think it got really overplayed. It was a really uh, bad showing from him this past week, but I, I think what it was, I, I thought early on he wasn't playing too bad. And all of a sudden they're down quite a bit. And it was just like, he was trying to get it back all at once, every single play. Uh, and, and Bill, of course, decided that it wasn't worth keeping him out there. But prior to this, that, I don't think he had been playing all that bad this season. I definitely think there's been some improvements in their offseason. Um, he's going to the right places with the ball. He doesn't have quite the zip that, you know, some of the other great quarterbacks in the AFC has. But, you know, he's not that that bad of a decision maker more often than not. I, I, again, I think he was just trying to get it all back uh, too much, uh, you know, once they got down. So, I I think this offense can get it figured out. With that, I think Ramondre uh, can improve. This defense specifically is a tough matchup, and given that I'm not particularly excited against either offense, kind of makes it a little worse, right? Because if there's neither offense is scoring points, nobody's in too big of a rush. Right. Um, so I don't think this is the week, but I, I do feel confident in him, you know, season long. Their, their schedule does get a little bit easier right after this. I think he's got a chance to kind of bounce back. I, I still believe in Ramondre Stevenson, the player, too. The big thing, Bill O'Brien needs to remember what this offense is supposed to be built on. It's supposed to be built on the tight ends and the running backs coming out of the backfield. And, and I don't know what he's been doing, but he hasn't been getting back to that. Uh, Shane's letting us know uh, back from this Laporta, Christian Watson for Kelsey trade. Uh, his team is Jalen Hurts, uh, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, D.K. Metcalf, Christian Watson, Saquon, Brees Hall, uh, you got a loaded roster there. What should I do? I want to flip Saquon because I don't trust the Giants. I don't don't flip Saquon because you don't trust the Giants. If anything, they're going to just put the ball in his hands as much as they possibly can. I mean, if you're worried about him getting injured again, I guess I could see that. But uh, I wouldn't be looking to flip Saquon there. I think if you can get that deal done for Travis Kelsey, I'd just call it a day on your team because that's a championship squad, in my opinion. What do you think, Adam? I agree. Uh, if you really just feel uncomfortable with uh, Saquon, I totally get it. Uh, what I would say in that situation is, look, wait for him to come back in, get a really good game, and then sell him. Don't sell him now. Uh, you know, wait for his return uh, because he will be back, uh, and it is Saquon Barkley. He will play well when he returns. Now, if you're worried about re-injury after that, totally get you. And at that point, you know, sell. But sell at market level. Don't sell low. 
Yeah, and uh, what he asked, what about JT? J- yeah, I wouldn't sell JT either. I would actually stand packed with that team that you pretty much have there. Uh, Big Red Belly looking for advice. What do I do? What to do with Calvin Ridley? I have Keenan, Nico, DeAndre Hopkins. I think I could trade for Garrett Wilson or for Hollywood. I would actually rather have Calvin Ridley than Garrett Wilson or Hollywood Brown. Uh, Keep in mind here, Calvin Ridley will get back on track. The Jaguars offense has been off its game. Trevor Lawrence has been off his game. These are things that will correct themselves with the schedule the Jaguars have over the second half of the season. So I'd actually rather have Calvin Ridley than either Garrett Wilson or Marquise Brown right now. Adam, you agree with that? I think so. Uh, I think those other guys are pretty interesting, uh, but straight up, I don't know if it, it's worth it to make a trade. Um, you know, I think there's arguments kind of in all three directions. Uh, they're probably ranked right around each other. So I don't know if you're getting a, a drastic improvement. Yeah. And, uh, one more question here. We got to get back at it. Which three running backs do I start? Uh, Travis Etienne, Devon Achan, John Taylor, uh, I'm going to guess that's Brees Hall, not Brees Ball, and James Cook and Kyron Williams of those three. Uh, yeah, of those three, I'm definitely starting Travis Etienne. I would start Jonathan Taylor, and then I would probably, and I would, I don't love the matchup, but I do have Kyron Williams still ranked higher than the other guys in that group. Uh, so much of me wants to play Brees Hall against Denver. I really do too, but yeah. It, it, if I was to do that, I part of me uh, wants to play him over ETN, but those two are kind of on the discussion board for me, I guess I would say. But I feel pretty confident in the Taylor and the, pretty t- confident in Kyron. Uh, Chandler and Shane will get to your questions in, in just a hot second here. Uh, I had to put this on here. Alvin Kamar, 24 and a half receiving yards. He's only going to hit the over if he gets 12 receptions. Uh- <laughs> he might though he might he might but that was that was beyond that was just that was that was literally beyond that's terrible beyond pathetic like what you said i don't think anyone thinks car should have been out there no and and if he's that bad please don't put him out there again this week uh chris olave you have to play him regardless what the quarterback situation is michael thomas though i do have him as a bench until we see Derek Carr actually be healthy or if they announce that they are going to start james winston then i'll move him back up into my top 36 but we got to figure out what the quarterback situation is before i'm plugging michael thomas in my lineup this week uh let's i do want to talk about hunter henry uh i I, the ecr has him ranked at tight end 18 it's a heavy bye week and he's at tight end 18 i got him at tight end 10 he's tight end five on the year i know it's been two rough games the last couple weeks but then last week he still he had 50 yards he had five targets for tight ends as far as low end tight end ones high end tight end twos i don't know what else you're looking for out of the guy Quite frankly, he still has the second largest target share on the team. I know the Saints are a tough matchup, but like if you're looking, you're around that like hovering streaming tight end territory, I think you can do a lot worse than Hunter Henry. And Chris, what am I missing here? That his name is not Dalton Kincaid. <laughs> that's that's oh man that's that i love that that's awesome I, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic i could not have said that better myself uh all right so let's get back to chandler's comments and shane's comments before we uh we move on to our next matchup here uh chandler starts fields or stroud this week six point passing touchdown it would still be fields for me even in that scoring platform adam you agree disagree I do. I'm in a similar situation, not with the six point. I was going back and forth. Uh, this week it's Fields. Of course, last week I played Stroud. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I think Fields is you know the one I want to play right now. But hey, good, good options for quarterback right now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Shane asking Chiefs defense or Green Bay's defense this week. I think I got to check. I think I still have the Chiefs defense ranked higher, even in a potential shootout matchup. I, I got to double check that real quick. Chris, what would you have in this one? You're a defensive guru. I know Kirk Cousins, the big you know turnover machine, you're looking for to take, take advantage of that versus Minnesota offense. But I think matchup wise, Green Bay taking on the Raiders. I like Green Bay's defense. The talent's a little bit better. You don't really know what's going to happen with Jimmy G right now. I think the Raiders are on about a week away from just imploding in general. So I think I'd probably go with Green Bay's defense in that case. I do have Green Bay ranked at nine and the Chiefs at 10. So I do have Green Bay Packers ranked one spot at the Kansas City Chiefs for that one. Let's go to our next matchup. <laughs> We got the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is in Pittsburgh. Baltimore still favored on the road as they should be at minus four. I believe if it's not the lowest over under, it's the second lowest low, uh, over under of the week at 38 and a half. Uh, Baltimore. Also my dominating defense play of the week, Dan. The Ravens oh, defense. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Dominates in defense of the week. Go ahead, Chris. Take it away. Yes, we get to play Kenny Pickett, who announced himself he will play this week. Woohoo! The Ravens' defense is not quite as healthy as it has been in the past. Hasn't been quite as good as it has been in the past. But you saw last week when they bring the pressure, they're able to get to the quarterback. They're able to cause turnovers. And once again, they're playing Kenny Pickett and the Steelers for everything to kind of get on a division game. I love the Ravens' defense, the dominating defense of the week. Yeah, I can't can't disagree with that at all. By the way, the Ravens three and one against the spread, and only both teams have only had one game go over so far this year. So don't bet the over in the thirty eight and a half. I, I have a hard time betting unders when they're that low. Uh, but I will take Baltimore minus four in this one as a good lock pick of the week. All right, so Lamar Jackson, you're firing him up. We love what we've seen out of him, especially with the rushing going on now and him doing actually rushing touchdowns, which we have not seen him do really since 2019 to top it all off. Talked about that in the recap show. Kenny Pickett, Chris, you said that Kenny Pickett said he is going to play, and that is that it does seem to be what is going to happen in this one. So this question becomes a little bit moot, but uh, Adam, let me ask you this, just in theoretical, you know, would Mitchell Trubisky really be a downgrade from Kenny Pickett? Just, you know, this was you know, theoretically. I don't think it changes anything. I think they're like the <laughs> same person. I, I, I think they're the same quarterback. I really do. Like, Okay, you can throw underneath. Okay, I can move you out of the pocket a little bit. That's great. You can maybe, you know, you're a tough guy in the pocket. Cool. Can I go down the field? No. Can I count on you to make good decisions most of the time? No. (laughs) We're not, I don't think you're changing anything for the good or for the bad, to be honest with you. Kenny Pickett, 60% completion percentage. He's only had more than 235 passing yards in one game so far this season, has many interceptions. He does touchdowns with his four, and his yards per attempt is 6.32. It's quarterback 27 right next to my favorite guy, Desmond Ritter, who I like to make fun of all the time. That's how bad it is in Pittsburgh right now. Just wanted to illustrate that point. Both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are nothing more than flex plays. They're, ki- they're killing each other. 
the Steelers offense, Matt Canada is killing them. And look, unless you just don't have a better option, I'm not really excited by anything Steelers remotely as far as the running backs are concerned. Uh, Gus Edwards also a flex consideration for me as well. He didn't get the productivity, but he get the, to get the 15 carries last week. I don't think that goes away. So he just stays my kind of RB3 territory uh, for you guys. Zay Flowers, one of the few guys I'm confident about firing up in this game. Have him at wide receiver 20. And then we get to a guy that we got to discuss, which is George Pickens. I am vastly lower than the ECR in this game. Now, some of this guys. Yeah, some of this was a reflection of I thought Trubisky might start, but even if Kenny Pickett's out there, ECR's got him at wide receiver 23. I got him at wide receiver 31. Like we had one, we saw one game where he had 10 targets and then he only got four catches. It happened to go for big plays, so he cashed in, but still a 40% catch rate. That's what he has to get. He has to get that kind of volume to return any kind of value whatsoever. It has been pretty. I don't like George Pickens in this game either, even against a Ravens team that has been able to be taken advantage of by wide receivers in this matchup, even without a Pat Freer, a Firemuth in this game, even without Deontay Johnson in this game. I don't care. You're hoping for, you're praying for the big play. Kenny Pickett, nor Mitchell Trubisky, I don't care which quarterback it is, is capable of making that big play right now. I don't know. Do you guys see this any differently, Chris? No, I think they keep making, try to make George Pickens happen. I mean, you talk about our receiver too. I think the last three weeks he's been a receiver too. Other than a blown coverage, 71-yard slant, he's done nothing. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Mark Andrews, top three tight end. Fire up, play him. We're good there. Let's go to our next match. We got the Philadelphia Eagles heading to the West Coast to take on the Los Angeles Rams in this game. And we have some headlines in this one. Uh, Before we get to that, though, uh, the uh, Eagles are favored at minus four. I do like that for this week quite a bit. Now, the, the betting stats go 50-50 as far as, you know, two for two for the Eagles, two for two for the Rams against the spread this week. Uh, both have actually been over under twice and twice not, you know, this week so far too. I'm going to stay away from the over under 50 and a half. It seems to be about the right number. I'm just going to go with the Eagles have a low line to cover, and I do believe they are the better team. So that's why I'm going to go with the minus four here for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, obviously, you're playing Jalen Hurts. We're firing up DeAndre Swift as a low end RB1. Kyron Williams has to be fired up. I actually have him a little bit lower in ECR. I got him as a high in RB2 rather than a low in RB1. Doesn't matter. Either way, you're playing him in your lineups this week. Let's get to the headline, Chris. Let's talk about Cooper Cup. Now, I, kinda, I give him the same treatment. I've given Jonathan Taylor the same treatment. I'm giving Saquon Barkley. If he plays, he is a top 10 wide receiver. In fact, I got him ranked at wide receiver nine in this one. My thought process here with Cup is that if he plays, then he's healthy enough to play. He won't be hindered in the game. And Matthew Stafford needs, wants, and loves some him, some Cooper Cup. And the Eagles, by the way, wide receivers have been taking advantage of the Eagles secondary right now. So I have no hesitation in making him a wide receiver one this week if he's back. What do you think? Yeah, I tend to agree. The difference between Cooper Cup for me is he was involved in the offseason. He was getting ready to get ramped up for the beginning of the season to play free. He hurt his hamstring again. I think they made every precaution to try to make sure that he wasn't hurt. There wasn't a guarantee he had to be put in the pub, but they wanted to make sure he took the time getting back. That he was 100% healthy when he comes back. And even I do think the Rams will err on the side of caution because it seems to be a franchise that kind of you know looks for their guys' injuries, make sure they kind of stay healthy. He might be on a snap count. But I think to your point, Dan, he's going to be involved when he's out there. So all you care about is the targets. So for me, Cooper Cup's definitely a receiver two, hopefully a receiver one. 
Yeah, uh, I do think it eats a little bit into the volume overall. Obviously, if he goes a Puka Nakua, I still have him ranked as wide receiver 13, so I'm still very bullish on him. The guy I think it affects the most if Cooper Cup's back in the building is Tutu Atwell because he just gets a sl- he'll just, he'll get the slightest sliver of that three man pie right now, kind of four man because Higby's actually getting some targets lately too. I still have him as a top 36 wide receiver in this game though. The big play has been available because of the Eagle safeties. Uh, this year. So take that as you will. Um, I don't really have too many other guys I want to talk about too much in this one, guys. I mean, Dallas Goddard, it's been brutal, but I fail to find tight ends who are better. There's been opportunities for him to execute. Jalen Hurts just hasn't gone his way because he's been force-feeding A.J. Brown the ball. I mean, Adam, would you bench Dallas Goddard at this point point? keep playing him as a top-10 tight end? Um, Man, I, I don't know. I guess if you're you know, in a good situation, you don't have much on the roster and you can't get a, a new tight end in there. Um, then, you know, you keep playing him, but you know, if I've got a spot for another tight end, um, you know, and I can get someone off the waiver wire, one of those fringe, uh, let, let me, let me ask it to you this way. How about, how about, how about we do this? Uh, Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz? Ertz. I think he's in for some positive regression. The He's like fourth in targets, the position. Dallas Goddard or Hunter Henry this week? I think that's a right in the tier where I would put him in, uh, is right around Hunter Henry. I think I slightly skew towards Henry because I think he's higher in the hierarchy of that offense. Goddard or Ferguson this week? Goddard. Okay, so or Goddard or Higby on the other side. That one's tough. Um I want to say Goddard because I think he's a much better player. So basically you put him just inside the top 12. Basically you have him at tight end 10. That's essentially where you wind up putting him at. And I, I, I agree with that. You have to keep playing him. The opportunities will be there. Remember Dallas Goddard got off to a slow start last year and it got picked up eventually. I'm not going to shy away from putting him in my lineup. Higby, by the way, is my 12th tight end this week. A streamable option. It's just, it's just ugly. It's just ugly, 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 ugly at the tight end position. Uh, looks like we got a couple questions in here before we move on. We have uh, Team Money. Do I trade Chase for Bijan Robinson? I mean, yes. that's that's yep, that's the value. If you're going to trade Jamar Chase, it has to be for an elite RB one. That that's a move that I would I would do. Chris, you just said yeah, just there. I would. I mean, especially how it's kind of progressing this season, having an RB one who looks like he's going to continue to be more and more involved with Jamar Chase. You're hoping Joe Burrow gets healthy at some point, but it's not a guarantee. Yeah, I tend to Adam, you agree with that as well or no? Yeah. Okay. Uh yep, so we would do that deal. Let's go to our next match. It was the perfect segue because we got the Cincinnati Bengals and the Arizona Cardinals to talk about next. We are looking to see what happens with T. Higgins. It's a ribs fracture. I'll talk to Brian Scott about that tomorrow, see what he thinks. Uh, all the reporting, though, is that T. Higgins is not expected to miss much time. And some people are saying that it's not completely out of the question that he would play this week. I would be surprised one week later that he plays with his rib issues because it is a pain tolerance thing, uh, but he might not be out for an elongated period of time. So that's the good news if you're a T. Higgins owner. The Cincinnati Bengals are favored at minus three in this game against the Arizona Cardinals, but here's the thing. The Bengals have been 0-4 against the spread so far, and Arizona's been 3-1. and So welcome to my second underdog pick of the week. 
Arizona plus the three points. I'm probably going to put half a unit, maybe a quarter of a unit on Arizona to win this game outright. Wouldn't be surprised, uh, quite frankly. Now, and this goes right into our next thing, which is Joe Burrow. Now, I don't have Joe Burrow inside my top 12. I have him at quarterback 15 this week because, frankly, at this point, he's going to have to prove it before I put him inside that top 12. The good news is that he was actually off the injury report practicing in full today. Take that for what you will. Is that the Bengals just trying to boost him up and say, you know what, we know he's going to play, so we're going to act like he's not hurt, or is he actually getting healthier? That's going to be the question. I'm going to save that for Brian tomorrow. But it's been brutal, man. QB 31. There's 32 starting quarterbacks. He's been the QB 31 so far this year. No T. Higgins this possibly this week doesn't help the situation. And a QB 38 in average depth of target. QB 38. That's not Joe Burrow. That's not what we're watching out there. That's not his game. So you could, you could tell me all you want about Burrow and how the offenses look bad and the offensive lines look bad. Until that calf is no longer an issue... You can't play Burrow, but I can't drop him either. So, uh, Chris, would you drop? What would you do in this situation? No, I'm not going to drop him either. But I'm definitely going to proceed with caution. I'm going to try to get some extra guys. To, you know, add like a CJ Stroud. We talked about some guys. Guys can still be out there on your waiver wire. I think you're looking for some upside guys that you're going to try to add to your roster. And you don't want to bank on Joe Burrow. I think it's very important to kind of emphasize it. It's been four weeks now. I mean, this isn't something that's necessarily guaranteed to go away. We watch other quarterbacks, especially from the lower body injuries, when you don't have a really strong arm to begin with, it's going to challenge you. And as teams are going to squeeze in Sunday more and more, the offensive line is going to be exposed. This team continues to be refused to run the ball for some reason, even though they've been very effective doing so. So if they're going to continue to have Joe Burrow sling it around 50 times for 12 yards, this is what we're going to continue to get. It's just just commit to the run, Joe Mixon. To your point, open up play action. Do something to take some pressure off. Why are we just sitting back in shotgun and let him get killed? It makes absolutely no sense. Zach Taylor's done this before. This is what bothers me about Zach Taylor sometimes. Uh, Adam, I want to talk to you about Josh Dobbs, who I am way ahead of on on ECR right now. They're not catching up, man. They got they look at his name and they just they just can't bring themselves, I guess, to put him inside their top twelve. I don't know, but ECR's got him at QB nineteen. I got him at QB eleven this week. He's been the QB six since week two. If you take out the abysmal offense that was week one, he's been the QB six since that time. And Cincinnati has allowed the fifth most rushing yards to the quarterback position. So guess what? That's what Josh Dobbs does. That's how he gives you fantasy value. I'm streaming the man inside my top 12 this week. Oh, by the way, 21 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, hitting the over on that. Would you stream them, Adam? Yeah, I think so. I'm actually, I mean, it's funny this this matchup is uh, this matchup. I have officially pulled the plug in one of my super flexes. I'm playing uh, Dobbs over Burrow <laughs> in, my, in a, a 2QB. Um, yeah. it, it sucks. It feels disgusting. I hate it a lot, but I, I mean, that's where it's come to. Uh, Dobbs is running the ball really well. This offense is doing a pretty good job of getting the ball in the hands of the players who should be getting the ball. Um, they're coming out of first half's hot. They're starting games well. Second half can be a little bit dicey for them. Um, but nonetheless, like, I don't know. I, this is a, for lack of a better term, it's a pretty feisty Cardinals team. They're not going away. Um, it, it, I don't know. I feel like this is a Bengals team that uh, could easily fall apart here soon. 2023, Chris, right? 2023, we're talking about Josh Dobbs as a top 12 quarterback in week five of the NFL season. That's just incredible. Starting over Joe Burrow. (laughs) 
Uh, Joe Mixon, I, I'm still bullish on Joe Mixon. I still have him ranked inside my top 10. I'm only one spot ahead of ECR. ECR has a 10. I have him at nine. His player prop is 68 and a half yards. We, I can't bet the over on the under. That's about right because I have to wait to see if Cincinnati is ever willing to commit to the running game for him to actually get over that. But I do think this is a good matchup for him to get a touchdown. I talked about it a little bit earlier. He is a buy low candidate for me. His only two tough matchups the rest of the way is San Francisco. And I think Buffalo or not even Buffalo. I got somebody else in here, but this is what he, Oh, San Francisco and Baltimore, excuse me, but he's got Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Kansas city in this fantasy football playoffs. I still subscribe to the idea that Cincinnati's offense gets this turned around or at least becomes competent at some point. I like Joe Mixon a lot as a buy low candidate. Chris, do you agree with that? I definitely agree with that. We talked about that earlier in the show. I think he's a guy that's been pretty effective and looked pretty good when he actually gets touches and is involved. And I think eventually the Cincinnati team is going to have to realize their best thing to do is not expose Joe Burrow, but to actually utilize the guys around him to kind of take the pressure off of him. Oh, here this is an easy one. Aaron asking, did I traded Chris Olave and Calvin Ridley for Brand Ayuk and Travis Etienne? Did I lose this trade? No, Aaron, you crushed the trade. You squashed the trade. You did everything you wanted to do in that trade. Good job by you, Aaron. And Z Money asking, can I ask fantasy questions? Yes, 100%. Z Money, we in fact encourage that here. Uh, James Connor is a top 20 play, as he has always been and probably always will be. As we saw, he's kind of matchup proof. As long as he's out there, he's getting the ball and he's top 20 running back, no matter what you do. I do still have Jamar Chase as a top seven wide receiver. I got him ranked, obviously, at wide receiver seven this week. Without, I don't expect T. Higgins to be there. I expect a lot of volume to go his way. He is somebody who can make plays happen after the catch. So I think Jamar Chase will be just fine and still a top 10 guy. Marquise Brown is somebody who I continue to put as a, uh, he's moving up my ranks a little bit. He's a wide receiver three. I do have him as a high-end wide receiver three heading into this week as well. Tyler Boyd, somebody that he can be a, I think as a high end wide receiver for stream. If T Higgins is in fact going to miss and only in full point PPR leagues, those are all the caveats there. Cause Tyler Boyd ultimately doesn't give you big play or touchdown potential. And this hasn't been effectively uh, effective offensive game. Adam, I got hey, real quick to that. As people need to caution with Tyler Boyd, I think people are buying a lot, especially if they lost Higgins. T. Higgins wasn't producing. I don't even think Tyler Boyd's going to necessarily do in his offense. My my one caveat there uh, would be I, I think Boyd is a beneficiary regardless of kind of how this offense is functioning and that they're throwing the ball 50 times for three yards a pop. That's Boyd's world. <laughs> Higgins is a guy who, you know, they're trying to target down the field and they just can't connect on it uh, because Burrow, between the calf and between the offensive line, he's not confident stepping up into pockets. Um, I think Boyd is like the one part of this offense that could get the ball. Uh, it is to your point, Dan PPR only because look, I, I, an eight for, he could have a Kamara stat line pretty easily. I think, I guess is the point I'm trying to get to, uh, where you could see a ton of targets go his way and you could see those end up for 40 yards. That's absolutely gross. Uh, Aaron's asking, should I be scared on Gibbs or time to pick up Monty? If you're meaning Monty by Montgomery, Montgomery, yes, is the higher running back over uh, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Z Money asking, I traded Anthony Richardson, uh, Stevenson, and Jerome Ford for Trevor Lawrence, Joe Mixon, Travis Etienne, and Tank Dell. Now my quarterback is Tua, and running backs are Mixon and Etienne. Good job, Z Money. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess he's just asking us to rate the trade. Yeah, I, I, I like that trade. I'm good with it. To attack Lavoa, I know you're taking a little bit of a downgrade there from Anthony Richardson, but you get the upgrade with Joe Mixon. You get the upgrade with Travis Etienne. I like Tank Dell a lot. Uh, so, yeah, and he said for T-Law, I, I, I assume I'm in Trevor Lawrence. I'm assuming you have Trevor Lawrence on your team as well, who I think will have some more upside in the second half of the season, if I'm, in fact, reading all of that correctly. Uh, Bigs B, Mooney or Sky Moore for flex spot? Ooh, God, brutal. Uh, Chris, you go with Mooney? I, I have to go Mooney, too. At least he has a, an actual role within the offense, unlike Sky Moore right now. I think that's the key thing. One of the things, while I like Claypool's talent, it would seem to be him out of the lineup. Everybody kind of filled their role better for Chicago's offense. And I think Darnell Mooney found his roles that got a, you know, a second receiver that can stretch the field. Justin Fields usually gives him a pop play here or there. So I like Mooney more this week. Yeah, and uh, Z Money is a tent man, so everyone's stacked. And yes, it is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so good job, Z Money. You're 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 good to go on that deal. All right, so let's get back on to this because uh, Adam, I got a question for you. You're our dynasty guy, and this guy, this kid's looking pretty good. Michael Wilson, he's actually my wide receiver, 44 this week, 37 and a half receiving yards, looking like he's establishing himself as that second receiver here for the Cardinals. I guess is this here to stay, or is or are we seeing a mirage here with Michael Wilson? Um, I don't think we're seeing a mirage. Uh, I'm not playing him this week. So to your point in regards to your rankings, but certainly I think he's someone who could be playing as soon as a few weeks from now. Um, you know, I, I I'm not going to trust it immediately, but he's playing really well. He looks talented, a uh, good profile coming out. So yeah, I, I don't see any reason why, you know, and Dobbs is playing well. So I don't see any reason why, you know, another good week this week, see a good matchup. You play him. Hey, Chris, let's have a little fun. Josh Dobbs or Kyler Murray for the Cardinals the rest of the season? <laughs> I think Kyle, for thing I'm hearing is Kyler's going to come back and they're oh, they're going to be receptive to him coming back no matter what. No matter how well Josh Dobbs plays, no matter what goes on, that Kyler will get his job back as soon as he's healthy enough to play. Boo, boo. I don't want to see Kyler Murray back. On a positive note for Josh Dobbs, and by the way, shout out Josh Dobbs because I, I was always a guy I was a big fan of. They finally got a chance to kind of show a little bit but they say he's going to get about eight to ten million guaranteed now to be like a backup slash you know stop gag stop gag starter moving forward. So he made he's himself the new some Taylor, baby. first four he's, games already. He's the new Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Zach Hurts here. I got him as a top ten tight end. I'm ahead of ECR. They got him at thirteen. His player prop is a thirty and a half receiving yards. Yeah, give me that. He's been the top 12 tight end. He's the second most targets at the tight end position, as Adam alluded to earlier. And Cincinnati has been giving up the fifth most fantasy points to the tight ends so far. So, yeah, Zach Ertz, fire him up, fire away. Uh, let's move into our next match. <laughs> Here we go. We got the Jets taking on the Denver Broncos. We're about to find out from Zach Wilson. Was it a mirage? Or are you going to be able to take advantage of a Denver Bronco defense? Uh, right now, Denver, believe it or not, I guess I guess it's not too much of a stretch, but they are favored in this game at home at minus two. The over-under sitting at 43. But Denver has been 0-4 against the spread this season. I'm going to hold my nose. I'm going to take the Jets on the money line. 
Um, but yeah, I'm going to take the Jets to win this game out right here in this one, believe it or not. And it feels gross saying it. Let's talk about Zach Wilson here, Adam. Was it a mirage? Did we see, or was this the signs of Zach Wilson moving forward in the right direction after the Sunday night, Kansas city game? Uh, ooh, I, I'm not willing to confidently say uh, what it was or wasn't. And what I'll say this, don't feel confident uh, if he plays well against Denver uh, either. Um, because this Denver defense I think that's is, mirage. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think anyone can play well against this Denver defense right now. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Josh Dobbs goes for 400 on this Denver defense, whatever that comes to fruition, uh, if that comes to fruition. But at any rate, um, look, I thought Zach Wilson played really well. He throwed the ball with much more confidence than I've seen him in a Jets uniform uh, at all. Um, that touchdown to Uzoma was an NFL ball uh, through and through. Um, you know, I, and he's got the weapons around him to think it would really work. They're taking Brees Hall off of the, uh, you know, off of a pitch count, so to speak. I think there's a lot of things moving in the right direction. If it's ever going to happen, it's now, but we have a lot, a large sample size of Zach Wilson, not playing well to now one game of him playing well. So I'm tempering expectations. Yeah. However, if you're ever going to have any hope for this kid again, it's now, right? He played well last week, fumbled at the end, but passed the ball way better than I've seen him at the pro level. See another good game out of him this week. It may be just building the confidence between those two games because they're, you know, Denver would be easy, but the confidence of putting two together, maybe that starts something. I don't know. Adam, you sound like Robert Sala to me right now. You're like, you're trying to find a silver lining to make the guy feel good, but we all know it's going to be a shit show. Uh, we have years of Zach Wilson sucking. Now, maybe he needs Aaron Rodgers in the stands. And so if Aaron Rodgers can follow him around, maybe, maybe I'll give him the confidence he needs. Who knows? But I'm not counting on it. Uh, Brandon, uh, Chris, help me out with this question. Brandon's asking Debo Samuel, Chris Olave this week. Chris Olave, uh, Debo still kind of banged up. You're not sure the matchup versus Dallas. And Chris Olave had a bad game last week, but the Patriots secondary is decimated by injury. And Chris Olave is a play. 100%. Chris Olave ranked. I'm, I'm still playing both. I have both in my top 20, by the way. But I do have Chris Olave ranked uh, ahead. Um, we'll get to Debo later on. Uh, we don't know if Javante is going to play. Uh, so we'll have to wait to see. I will say this. The update on that was it went from a hip flexor to a quad injury uh, as far as today's practice report is. So something I'll get Brian's opinion on in tomorrow's show at 930 here on our YouTube channel. Brees Hall. I finally feel good about playing Brees Hall. But I do want to address this, this headline going around today about the snap count being off of him the snap count technically has been off of him for the past couple of weeks but to robert's point we followed up with was uh we have a lot of guys want to get the ball yeah they're still playing the stupid committee this wasn't a like we've we're announcing starting this week he's off the snap count it happened a couple of weeks ago i, I think people are kind of I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if you guys interpret it differently, but that's how I interpret it. Was that he, it wasn't an announcement that he's off the snap count. It was just Robert Shaw saying like, like, no, 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 we're not worried about his injury anymore, but we still rotating in the other guys. I mean, did you guys read that differently? I did. I mean, I, I knew the reporters tried to make something different out of it. I, agree. I don't think the snap count matters as much as the touches matter. Right. Exactly. And he only had, and I or had that in my notes last week. They're in a one score game for most of that game, only mustered nine touches. 
Now, I love the matchup here against the Denver Broncos, and I do have him as a top 24 running back, so I do have him as a low-end RB2. It only takes one play, and the Broncos are a fixer elixir for a lot of things. We saw Cleo Herbert go for 100 yards. He was somebody who was only getting about 70 touches a game until he got the hot hand last week. So I'm okay with it for this matchup, but I'm not ready to say, oh, from here on out, Brees Hall back to being that RB1, and we got to wait and see. And I'm somebody who owns a lot of Brees Hall, and I want it to happen, but we're not ready to have that happen just yet. Not in my opinion. Anyway, uh, we kind of talked about this earlier with one of the questions, but Adam Samaja Perrine or Jalil McLaughlin this week, if you had to choose between the two, if Javante Williams was out. Oh, give me McLaughlin. I, I don't see any upside with Perrine, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think he's a fine back, decent receiver, whatever. Um, but I, I don't know that there's a, a ton of upside with him. Uh, I'm not dying to play either one. Um, but I don't know. I don't think you're getting anything big out of Perrine. So for me, it's Perrine. I don't disagree that you're not going to necessarily get the same big plays, but Perrine, I do think, is going to be the starter if Williams misses. McLaughlin's going to play a bit of a role. Remember, he's a small guy. Yes, again, the big play will be available with his speed, but I do have him at, I do have Perrine at 35, McLaughlin at 41. I am much lower than ECR is right now on McLaughlin as far as that is concerned. Uh, Pate, we got a question coming in. Would you drop Quinton Johnson or Kareem Hunt for Michael Wilson, Chris? I would. I mean, I think Quentin Johnson is the one that made me I pause for us to consider that Quentin Johnson might have some upside, but Michael Wilson's already kind of showing the involvement as Adam alluded to in the offense. This is a guy that they have had a plan to kind of involve, has been a starter for most of the season already. While Quentin Johnson kind of still is getting acclimated, he had a chance to kind of shine out last week. You didn't see him very much involved in the offense. And so they determined with Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer in front of him how much he will be moving forward with Austin Eckler also returning. I agree. Uh, let's hope Garrett Wilson continues to get the targets like he did last week. That did seem to be the one thing the Jets figured out. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should target the crap out of Garrett Wilson and try to give him the ball as much as humanly possible. Hopefully that continues. I do have him as a top 24 receiver this week. I don't have him quite as high as ECR. They're, you know, Patrick Tan could slow him down a little bit, but you're, you're definitely playing him and starting him. Colton Sutton, I still have him as a flex play. He still has touchdown upside. Judy, I want Judy out of my lineup. I don't want him in there. It's just, it's just, just getting nasty over there in Denver right now. You guys disagree with that at all or no? I mean, okay. I don't know why it's so nasty. He, he didn't wasn't he hasn't been terrible. He just hasn't been overly involved quite yet. Fantasy kind of wise, he has been bad because he's not giving you big plays. He's not giving you touchdowns, and he's not giving you a ton of volume in PPR. I think uh, he was your leading receiver in yardage last week, though. He might have been. I have to double check that. But Sutton still once again led for fantasy purposes because he actually gets red zone looks. But on that, we can move on to our next match. <laughs> Playing Ross Dan because I don't think you talked about him at all. No, because what? What's the point of playing Russ? You know, like QB I'm just nine. curious. He's been, he's been, he's been QB seven, I believe, this season. But who? Russell Wilson? Yeah. Nine. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I don't care. I'm not playing Russell Wilson. You guys are gonna play Russell Wilson against the Jets? I don't know. If this is the matchup I'm playing him, but I do think he's a week in week out streaming option. Uh, okay. Uh, no, I have a Q. I, I have him as an afterthought. I'm a QB 19 because I don't. I'm not. There's no way I'm playing Russell Wilson against the Jets. I think I have him higher than that. I think he's closer to the high teens. I don't think he's top 12 though this week specifically. 
Okay. Well, we'll make sure I'll make sure I make a point of circling around. We'll talk about Russ Wilson next week. Uh, the game I want to talk about now is the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Minnesota Vikings, a 53 over under. And I actually think we might hit the over on this game to no, Chris says no. I guess two high-powered offenses here. I think, especially with the Minnesota defense being the way it is, I think the Chiefs' offense is back on track. Are the Chiefs a high-powered offense? Because I'm tired of hearing the high-powered offense of the Chiefs. As long as you have Mahomes, you're a high-powered offense. I, I don't know. Yes, they are. You're going to eat your okay. words bad, dude, because their schedule coming up too is going to bounce back in a mean way. They got the Denver Broncos twice over the next few weeks. The Broncos are going to probably be averaging 35 plus points over the next month. So you might want to get ready for that. Well, I haven't seen the Chiefs averaging 35 yet this season, so that's just where I'm asking. Are they really this high-powered offense that we keep alluding to the Chiefs being? As long as you have Mahomes, you are. And against Minnesota, they're going to drop. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, they're going to drop at least 30 here against Minnesota. And that's what's going to make this a high-scoring over-under game for me. The Chiefs at minus five. I don't like Chiefs covering points. I think this will wind up being a close game. And here's another one for the over-under for you. Minnesota over 11 of the last 15 at home. So that's another reason why we're betting the over here in this game. Okay. So uh, we got a couple questions in here. Obviously you're playing Patrick Mahomes. You still love him. No matter what's going on, he finds a way to get the job done. And Kirk cousins, other than last week has been one of the hottest quarterbacks in fantasy football. I don't see why you wouldn't continue to play him, especially at home, especially in the middle of the Sunday afternoon. Now, it looks like everyone's pretty much soured on Alexander Madison, even though he's had two decent performances back-to-back weeks. ECR's got him at RB30. I, I still have him inside my top 24. Cam Akers is going to take over while he's performing that way. Uh, I got him actually at RB21 this week. The Chiefs have been stingy against the running back so far, seventh least to the running back position. But as long as Alexander Madison dominates the passing work, that has been an area where you've been able to attack the Chiefs as a running back. So, I, I mean, I don't know, Adam. Alexander Madison is he on RB3 now for you this week or what I think he's a low end too which is about where you have him I guess what I'm assuming the ECR is taking into account is uh projecting based on the big plays Akers did have in that past game which was sparingly but he played really really well when he got the ball obviously with the big play um I don't know I guess they're projecting a little bit more uh I think they're gonna take things along slowly um but I, I don't know. I, I think Madison is the guy between the two by far. Um, and I, I still think he's a two. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Chris, help me out with this question from uh, Gorilla Kid 47 here. Pick two and flex. I don't. Does that mean pick three players total? Uh, so pick three between Garrett Wilson, Zay Flowers, Puka Nakua, Christian Watson, Isaiah Pacheco. So I'm going to go ahead and play Wilson and. and um... Hi, Puka and Pacheco. Um, I like Puka's matchup. I know, like I said, we have Cut coming back, but the Eagles' secondary has been beat up. You're able to attack Joby, who's starting right now. They continue to have some issues with the safety position, and I think that you're seeing a guy who Stafford will continue to be able to involve in the offense. Pacheco, I like what I saw last week. I think the Chiefs, like I talked about this before, are going to see a lot of light fronts versus the Vikings. Are going to be basically there to run the ball. I think Pacheco showed you that he can do that. And Wilson, we talked about the, the volume that he had last week. Uh, you're playing Denver. I love Patrick Sertan, but as long as Vance Joseph is the coach right now, it seems like anybody can play passes versus team. So I'm going Wilson. 
I don't disagree. The only thing I would say is a uh, Gorilla Kid forty seven is is this a full point PPR league? Because if it is, I would play Zay Flowers over Pacheco personally, and I would also go with Puka and Garrett Wilson like Chris laid out. But I don't think I would pass up on Zay Flowers against the Steelers if it's full point PPR. Um, so it just depends on the scoring format, I think. There, Super CNB Challengers trade away Cortland Sun and Gabe Davis for Terry McLaurin in full point PPR. Adam, what would you do here? No, I... yeah, I agree. I wouldn't do I wouldn't I wouldn't do that either. Shane is back. Uh I guess he's trying to do the deal. Not really feeling Laporta and Watson for Kelsey. Should I throw in DJ Moore? Or is DJ rest of is a I guess I keep rest of season, I guess is what he's trying to say. Um if you're subbing out, I'm assuming in this scenario, you're subbing out Christian Watson for DJ Moore and saying Laporta over, I would still do the deal for Kelsey. I think Kelly and Chris, to Chris's point of why he's like, you know, he's all pissy and why I'm not as far as like the Chiefs offense. I think they get, I think Patrick Holmes and Kelsey connect for like two or three touchdowns this week. I've been trying to trade a, high, a low for, for Kelsey by low, I should say on Kelsey while you still can. Cause I think it's the last week you're going to be able to do it. So I would, I would do Laporta and DJ Moore for Kelsey. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I would too. I mean, if you can get your hands on Travis Kelsey, I think it's an elite player. I think that's the key to me. I like Watson. I like DJ Moore, but you're not you're not elite players, and and teach you know, Travis Kelsey obviously is. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right. So getting back to our game, Pacheco is of course inside my top twenty this week. Like what you saw last week. The biggest thing is that he has to keep playing that way because. I think at any, and this is what worries me about Pacheco still rest of season, even after impressive performance, Andy Reid's just as likely to go back to a three-man committee at any given time, unless Pacheco can maintain the hot hand. So that's going to be the key for me there. But he's a top 20 play for me uh, this week, obviously playing Jefferson. Jordan Addison's a nice little wide receiver three, and I'm not touching a Chiefs receiver with a 10-foot pole until somebody emerges from that group. Kelsey Hawkinson, tight end one, tight end two. So there you go. Get them top ones in the matchup. Let's move on to our next game. Finally get a good game for Sunday night football. We got the Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers in this one. 49ers are favored at minus three and a half. The over under is at 45. I'm actually, I do not see much value in the betting lines in this game myself. So I'm staying away as far as betting this game on the lines in any words, uh, Brock Purdy is probably the lowest I've had him ranked in a few weeks. I have him at QB 16, Dak Prescott, QB 20. I'm not looking to stream either one of those guys. You guys agree, disagree? I'm not afraid to pay Purdy. Not afraid to pay Pur- Purdy? Okay. I, I just I think this could turn a defensive battle. I'm a little bit worried about the over underscore on, on this game. Uh, but Purdy's still in the streaming tier as far as where I got him at 16. Uh, Chris McCaffrey. We all know him. We all love him. Uh, Tony Pollard still a top five running back in his own right, too. Uh, we will talk to Brian Scott tomorrow about Elijah Mitchell and what his availability could be. Not obviously not to play Elijah Mitchell, but we know if Mitchell's out. Then that's just there's there's no cap on the Christian McCaffrey of it all. Uh, CD Lamb, you still have to play him as a top ten receiver. He has a sixty-seven and a half receiving yard mark. He's been over that two of the last four games, and the 49ers are thirteenth in receiving yards allowed to the wide receivers lamb put up 117 yards the last time these two played i'm actually going to take the over on cd lamb in the 67 and a half receiving yard mark this week debo samuel still a wide receiver too i want to make this comment about debo i know he had the terrible stat line but believe it or not he actually played more snaps than any wide receiver 
on the team. So he was on the field. I have, I, so I have no worries about what his availability is on the field this week. It's just a tougher matchup. So I have him a little bit lower in ECR, but still as wide receiver two. Still Brandon Ayuk ranked ahead. By the way, Brandon Ayuk, 55 and a half receiving yards. He's been over that two of the last three games. Dallas has been tough against the wide receivers, but Dallas has played the Giants. They've played the Jets. They played the Cardinals and they played the Patriots. So their numbers against receivers, eh, they might be a little skewed right now. So I do love me some Brandon Ayuk this week as well, hitting the over at 55 and a half. And then George Kittle, uh, look, it's brutal, but I think this kind of falls in the Dallas category, Chris, right? Because it's like, how do you bench George Kittle? You don't, and I think this is a game that you're looking for him to possibly be involved as well because I think the 49ers are going to need to kind of show their weapons and show them off and involve as many guys as possible. So I think George Kittle actually has some value this week. Yeah, I just I, – I, I still – I I'm a little bit worried he's asked to block so much. I still can't take his over 39.5 receiving yard prop this week. But, yeah, you still have to keep playing him. And Jake Ferguson, you make my top 12 due to buys and due to the fact that you're getting seven targets a game right now. So Adam, let's uh, let's help help me out on this one here. Uh, Shane's coming back. His team is Tua. He's, he's talking about the other guy's team right now. So his team is Tua Tagovailoa, Devontae Adams, Puka Nakua, Marvin Mims, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Travis Kelsey, uh, Chris Godwin, Gerald Everett. So he's trying to ask with his team that we what we've seen out of Shane's team. What of this lineup do you think you would offer this guy to try to get Travis Kelsey? Oof. That's tough. Um, I would say you have to attack his uh, his. He needs running backs. It looks yeah. like. well. Jacobs and David Montgomery aren't terrible. He needs a third running back. Oh, well, yeah, I think it's third, that's your best chance. Maybe Jacobs. get him as you give him a an upgraded receiver or an upgraded running back. Because I'm thinking otherwise, he's looking at his lineup like I have Kelsey's my tight end. Why would I give that up? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Me, yeah, yeah, it would have to be an upgrade at quarterback and and I'm sorry, at running back and wide receiver. I think to make that to make that happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, Pate's coming back. Would you drop Cream Hunt for Tajay Spears? If I have Derek Henry, yes, I'm dropping Cream Hunt for anything. I, I don't know yeah. why people think Cream the, Hunt for Michael Wilson, as you earlier asked for Tajay Spears for anyone with a pulse. Yeah, I don't know why people are thinking Kareem Hunt still has value. Uh, Gorilla Kid back. I, he has Josh Palmer, lost Mike Williams, Tank Dell just got dropped in this league. Would you make the swap for or keep Palmer? So, Chris, would you would you drop Josh Palmer for Tank Dell or would you keep? keep That's Palmer? a tough one. Um, it depends on what the rest of my roster looks like. If I need some upside, I'm probably going to pick up the Tank Dell because I think the upside's higher and I think that you can get some big games out of here or there. But as you saw most of the season. It's going to be kind of hit or miss. It's going to be him or Nico. And I think Palmer is going to be a guy that we saw last year. Is, you know, He's going to be involved week in, week out as a receiver two, receiver three flex option. So I think it depends on what you have for the rest of your team. Yeah, I think you illustrated that, Will. I think I would lean towards Tank Dell because I would rather go for the upside. And there's also the chance maybe Quentin Johnson takes on a bigger role as the season wears on, where I think Tank Dell's one of the top two receivers on his team, no matter what, you know, shakes out kind of deal. Uh, but it is pretty close. I think I would lean Tank Dell myself uh, in line with you. All right, so let's move on to our last matchup. <laughs> The Monday night game, the Green Bay Packers and the Raiders. When I saw this, 
especially after the Monday night game we just had, I was like, really, this is the matchup. But um, here, here's what I will say. I do think this game will be competitive, unlike last Monday night. So I mean, that, that could be an improvement. Uh, the Packers are actually favored in this game at minus two and a half. The over-unders at 44 and a half. It is in Vegas. So they are road favorites in this game. Uh, Adam Jordan Love, man, I got him in my top 10 this week. He's been the QB3 so far. I don't think it's sustainable, his fantasy value with the way he's been playing, but it's getting the job done one way or another at the moment, and the Raiders are allowing the eighth most fantasy points to the quarterback position. So do you have any reservations about Jordan Love being a top 10 guy? I I think you said it perfectly. Uh, I don't think it's sustainable, but I'm riding it till the wheels fall off. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with that one. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, we're not going to be playing him this week. Josh Jacobs got back on track, has looked better the last couple of weeks, is getting the volume you want to see. He's going to be an RB1. Chris, does Aaron Jones get the freaking ball this week or what? I mean, I think he should be definitely more involved. There's a lot of questions why he wasn't very much involved last week. Now, I do think that he didn't get a whole the whole practice, in, a whole week of practice, I should say, in last time he has this week. So Aaron Jones should be involved. I still be concerned how much involvement he's going to get because they seem to not really have committed to the running game this entire season. Yeah, but they have to get they have, they have to get Aaron Jones involved if they want Jordan Love to get more efficient. I would I would have to think, but that would also be using logic, and that's something the floor doesn't always use. Uh, Shane saying on an, another league, would he would you trade DK Metcalf and Jonathan Taylor for Justin Jefferson? Adam, would you do that deal? think so yeah I, he, there's just some guys where you have an inherent advantage if you have them on your your roster um yep. they're they're effectively kelsey mccaffrey and jefferson are those guys uh, if you can get any of them uh for anything where you can still fill out a starting lineup that looks competent then you do it i tend to agree pate okay now should i get taj spears or should i pick up kyle pitts was just dropped in my league but i do have hawkinson no go get taj spears kyle pitts is worthless until taylor heineke actually takes over here well Uh, what i'll say there is just that like um you're you're only looking your upside there is that if hawkinson gets hurt maybe you have a tight end option or you're playing him in hawkinson's buy uh there's he's not going to overtake hawkinson so i think spears is your best bet it's always nice to be able to have a bunch of running back options Especially because I'm pretty sure her, say, uh, Pate was saying that their team has Derek Henry, so definitely get Taji Spears. Um, here's my thing to all of you other expert rankers out there: stop ranking AJ Dillon in the top 36, please. I got him at 34 this week. I got him at 40. It makes no sense. It's done. It's over. We love Devonte Adams and Jimmy Garoppolo's back. Therefore, Jacoby Myers is a wide receiver three for me. Chris, let's talk about your boy Romeo Dobbs. He's really our boy. We will, we love him, but you know Romeo Dobbs, he's still not getting enough love, man. He's, he's his ECR's got him at our uh, wide receiver thirty-two. I got him up at twenty-six. I still don't think Watson's going to be on a full snap count, and Dobbs coming off a thirteen-target performance and a good matchup against the Raiders. Why don't we give him Romeo Dobbs more love? He's not George Pickens. I mean, I think we we just seem to have our favorites, and especially with certain things when it comes to fantasy, and we talk about this a lot on this show. But I think Romeo Dobbs is definitely a must-play. And I don't care if Watson is or not on a snap count. We, we came into the season very high on Romeo Dobbs because he's been actively involved all offseason with Jordan Love. It's his preference of the guy he looks for. And we saw last week when push came to shove, when he tried to make a comeback, who did they look for? Who did he target the hell out of? And who did he look for in the red zone? So if he's quarterback three and you're going to ride on quarterback three, I'm going to play the receiver that quarterback three is throwing the ball to. 
Yep, 100% agree. Watson, though, is still a boomer bust wide receiver three, so you can play him as such. Uh, Jafet, I wish I was in your league. Just traded DeAndre Hopkins for Austin Eckler. Was that, I, I don't know if that was a smart decision. That was a beyond smart decision. Uh, Gorilla Kid 47 coming back. Full point PPR. Streaming Lions D this week. Any thoughts on their lineup? Uh, well, you I mean you got to get, you have to get a quarterback for Justin Herbert, first of all, for, for, for this week. <laughs> I don't, I don't see it. Do you guys see another quarterback on that roster? I'm not reading one. Um, Bijan, Mixon, Pacheco, Jerome Ford, Garrett Wilson, Zay Flowers, Christian Watson, Tyler Lockett, Puka Nakua, Josh Palmer, Deontay. Yeah, this, this, is a, this is a loaded, loaded, loaded team streaming the Lions defense this week. Any thoughts? Yeah, you got to find a way to get a quarterback uh, this week. Lost Mike Williams. You're fine, Gorilla Kid 47. You're good. You got a good team. Uh, we had another question here from Evan stre- streaming CJ Stroud. Good. I'm glad that you are. That's a good move. Uh, Evan Harrison, trade thoughts, Justin Fields and Romeo Dobbs for Joe Burrow and Michael Pittman. I already have Goff and my wide receivers are Chris Olave, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Zay Jones. Adam, would you do that deal? Fields and Dobbs for a Burrow and Pittman Jr. Uh, I definitely think Pittman's the best player involved, but I'm just not really comfortable yeah. with the the burrow timeline i mean maybe fields i just don't think the incremental value is there uh fields i guess maybe he's better quote unquote but you can get a, a comparable quarterback a lot easier than a comparable wide receiver to Pittman. so i guess value wise better um at any rate i still err maybe on the other side just because I, you very well may end up just streaming a different quarterback instead of playing burrow i think uh, I, I think I would stay pat with Fields and Dobbs. Chris would be the tiebreaker on this one. I was yeah, on the bottom. I'm, 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 but... oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Chris, go ahead. No, I'm going to lean towards staying in pat as well. I think that the, uh, you know, I'm I'm biased. I usually have a runner thrower if I'm going to have two quarterbacks. So having a golf and Burroughs kind of being doing the same thing golf's doing for you right now. I don't know if you're looking for any more upside. I like Pittman Jr. as, you know, Adam alluded to. I don't know if for the rest of the season he's going to do much more more than Dobbs is going to do. So for me, Fields got the more upside. Dobbs is pretty solid. I'm going to stand pat with what I have right there. Yeah, and Evan commenting, hoping for the upside on Burrow. Burrow doesn't have any more upside than Fields does. So uh, that's where you kind of lose me lose me on that one anyway. That's why I would also stay pat. Uh, getting back to this game, Luke Musgrave, concussion, and we have not seen a single player come back the following week after concussion. So I'm not anticipating we're going to see one here. That, that actually wraps it up, fellas. Uh, so that was our week five operation domination. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell notification so you know when we go live and have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. We will be back tomorrow. It's only going to be a half-hour show. I won't, I won't have Chris or Chaz with me. Got some things going on. But we will get Brian Scott on for a half an hour to talk about the injuries of the upcoming week what our expectations are, what their fantasy impacts are, and that will be, as of now at 9.30, it might be a little bit earlier, just all the more reason to make sure you hit that bell notification so you know exactly when we go live. So make sure you tune back in here tomorrow night for that. Guys, take care, good luck this weekend, and we'll see you all real soon. (laughs) 